And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. And getting bigger all the time if I keep eating this damn airline food. I'm back from <laughs> Ireland with my man, Josh Thompson. We've got, I've been back home now for at least. I don't know, an hour and a half. Yeah. What's up, dude? That's probably that's, that's about an hour longer than me, my friend. No. Let's see, there you go. It's been good though. I thought I thought the show was good. I thought the crowd is always amazing, but the people are always amazing. Um it was a it went, everything ran really smooth. You know, um it felt good. If No. No, well, yeah, Jay, you no. had a different experience than I. <laughs> you had a different experience than I. My experience was really good. Uh. So I'm glad I'm glad your experience was really good. So well, it was uh it was go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, it was, I will let you speak. Yeah. Speak to me, my it man. It was fun to, you know, they the Euro series used to be my series when I would go to Europe and you didn't like to travel and so it kind of made it out cuz they had the young guy to go ahead and do all the traveling <laughs> fucking you know, and uh, put miles on my ass. Put it all on, put it all on yeah, me, baby. It's all right. Uh, I like no, that. But it worked out perfectly because I loved it. And it Fucking gave me the experience did. of uh, calling fights cage side, working with different people. And uh, You can thank me now. What's that? You can thank yeah, me Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you. I thank gave you. you a fucking yeah, yeah. thank yeah. you platform. Yeah. Your 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 wife your wife was like, thank God Josh is fucking signed with these guys so he could fucking go. Oh man, um, you know, and it was I had flashbacks of you know doing that because I did all those shows for a long time for about two years and then COVID hit and we just got away from them. But but shit, it was fun. I had a lot of, I had a lot of good times and um and being able to call fights with Dave Farah and just. And just, you know, and then Aiden came, you know, after the very first year of show we did in Newcastle, you know, Aiden came on board and Aiden was just been a pleasure to work with. And, uh, fuck, he, he was yeah, a guy a I worked guy. with at the desk and Dave Farr was a guy he called the fights with at the cage side. And so they had the whole crew back together this time. It's very rare that we're actually all on the card as well as all Isn't the American the ones truth? too that come out. So we had a great time. Fights were good. People were nice. Fans were great. Um, I even had friends that came over um, yeah. from the from the U.S. and they were there actually for it because they wanted to experience while you know, um, in that arena. And um, man, it was great. It was a blast. We had a good time. My little nephew was there. He was there, and he was you know hitting on the ring girls. He's like a, all of five years old. <laughs> I got a bunch of pictures <laughs> of him with Louise. <laughs> so. I thought it was great. Like, yeah, I want to go see my friend. Well, <laughs> well if you're going to hit on yeah. the ring girls, pick the, pick one. the right one. Pick the right one, baby. There you yes, go. Yes, he did. <laughs> I love it. Mm. I thought it was, we had, a, we had a very good time. Dave, did you get that picture I just sent you? Yeah, you ready for it? Yeah, yeah. Well, because, you know, Josh, I know that <laughs> we took Josh out. We took Josh out for a... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, baby, take man. a look at that. Oh yeah, that's a look stuff. at that young Josh Thompson right there. And I, I love, I love that picture. That's a great picture, Old dude. School. You actually were a cute, you were a cute kid, who who was look at military and out with the van shoes on. Yeah, got to rock slip on vans, checkerboard, rock and got the hemmed up pants Very too. Nice. They're all, <laughs> they've been hemmed a couple that's times. <laughs> That's all right, man. It's the hand-me-down uh, pass, man. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. That's good stuff. Used to rock it, man. Look but. at the old school couches in the back with the plaid lining. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at that. That's a TV in the far left corner. Look at that little tiny thing. Jeez. Look at that thing. Jeez. Oh, man. Uh, 
Oh uh, yeah, it was. But it was we had good. A good time. Man. That whole thing. Was there was good. a lot of good things. Had a nice dinner for my birthday out there while we were out there because the day we, the day I landed there, which was I think on Wednesday, Thursday there. It's Thursday there, so it was the twenty first. Well, you took off the day before, but you landed on your yeah, birthday. Yeah, so it was kind of it was nice. I got there and I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting much, just to kind of, you know, get some drinks maybe with you and dinner with you, and then that was it. And uh, everyone was kind of in on it, and uh, they did a nice little thing for me on air, which I loved, and I appreciate that very much to start off the show. Uh, at least it was at least at least having to work on your birthday. You knew that people cared about it. It did feel that good. Was the big part. It did feel good. It's good. You know, and the group is real. Hey, that's one thing about our group, man. The group of people that we work with, they, we just and I've heard I've heard this from other people that have worked. They all the guys that we work with, they all do a ton of other sports and a ton of other yeah. uh, shows. You know, and they produce and direct all these other shows and and you know and. They commentate other shows, um, not just not just fighting, but they do football. Like Amanda does, she does football, she does basketball, she does all this oh, yeah. baseball, she does all of that. And um, and she's like, you know, I work with a lot of a lot of the people. She's like, I can just tell you stories about how no one really gets along with each other, or people don't really get along with each other, you know, or like there's only like one or two people you get along with. And you hang out. We hang out almost every single show as a group, as a group. Yeah. It's like a total of we've got pictures of like. There's probably 15 of us, you know, that we're just, it's always us, the director, the the producer, the executive producer, the, the tape guy, the sound guy, the, the audio, all these things, <clears throat> some of the camera people replay, man. replay, yeah, replay yep. guys like, uh, you know, um, we just, we all get along, which is very rare, which is very rare from what I understand. They're like, no, there's actually, you know, people that were like, no, if that producer or that director or that audio guys, they're on, working. I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't want that job. I'm good. I don't need it. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you're turning money down because you don't like someone. That's really strange to me. I'm like, you just learn to deal with it. But no, they just say no. Yeah, <laughs> but it's um, it it just feels good to to um to work with people that you you get along with, you know. And uh, from the top to the bottom, man. All even thing. from the fighter yep, ops people, we got some good ones. You know, the fighter ops people are amazing as well. You know, you got your Kariana, you got uh, MJ, you've got you know. Uh, Jane, Estioko, all those—they all work together. They're all great people. So, <clears throat> um, good time as always. Great times. You guys can probably hear a little bit in our voice. I'm a little—we're a little. I seem like we're a little, a little tired. A little Just tired. a little tired. I wonder yeah, why. That's good though. Let's see. Hold on. I have now been up for uh, going on 24 yeah, hours. Not so. me. It's all right. Not me. I hit that plane, man. I hadn't even pushed off yet. <laughs> I was out. <laughs> I was out. Oh man, it's the greatest. Good thing. night, John. I can sleep on a flight. I had a uh, on the can. long flight. I had uh, Tiago Alves in front of me, and then I had uh, Dustin Poirier in front of me, and Mike Brown was, I think, behind me two rows. But yeah, we were all we were all there, and uh, we were just staggering with each other. But I. I could take a look and take a look. And as we were getting, I was like, I looked up after I kind of woke up about an hour and a half before the flight landed. So a good six and a half hours. I slept. That's good timing uh, right there. It was awesome. Awesome. I missed the mill going, but I got the mill right before we landed. And I just, <laughs> it was out. A nice little, we got, we got in a whole hour early into Atlanta. Yeah. So, but I was with, uh, I had Amanda, uh, Nordy, Fish, and Jay were all on my flight. So all of us were on the same flight. So Jay actually sat right in front of me, so I just kept kicking his seat until I fell asleep. Yeah, dude, just just keep smacking him. In He's the head. great, man. He's a great guy. Um, but yeah, so yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, let's go ahead. and You want to talk about Bellator first? You want to talk about the the? Or talk about the UFC first. 
Oh, I could Let's go right into the UFC. Let's go right to the UFC. It's got the UFC up mm-hmm. there, so we'll go to the UFC. Mm-hmm. Since I did watch it okay. as I sat in Chicago, Chicago for four hours. Let's go. <laughs> All right, we got uh, Gamrot versus Fazee was the main event, and uh, what 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 number was this? It was at the UFC Apex. Did they have a number on it, or are they just calling yes, it seventy nine? What was it called? <clears throat> UFC Vegas uh, seventy nine. Seventy nine, man, they're getting up in those numbers too because they started using this during uh, COVID. Seventy nine, but uh, you know what was your take on this fight? Let's be honest, you didn't get to see what you know you expected and stuff i thought it was exactly what you know we were looking at when we were breaking it down what was gonna happen gamera was looking for the takedown he tried tree chopping him a couple yeah. of times and uh Fazeev showed great technique great balance a lot of athleticism but you saw that gamera was actually starting to get into taking him down took him down Fazeev you know, very uh, intelligently moved himself over towards the cage, used the cage to get himself back to his feet. And then you had the freak accident of, you know, he hurt something in his leg. I still don't know what it Mm. is. I'm not sure that they do right now either, but uh, he injured himself off of a kick, and it was the end of the fight. The kick, you know, the leg landed and landed kind of on the elbow, but I'm not sure that that's exactly what, was the injury part? No, it was actually so. the other leg. It was the planted leg. It wasn't the one he kicked with. So, so then, do you believe it was the knee? I believe it was the knee. But then, when I saw the replay, they were massaging out his quad. His quad. So, I know. And it's like, did he tear his quad? I don't know. I didn't look like it. And it's still. I I look. I look to see. No, it didn't look. Mm-hmm. I look. His inner quad was there. You saw his outer quad. You know, going because normally you'll see it. It gets wadded mm-hmm. up in there. But. I went and I looked online to see if there was, you know, they came up with something and nothing yet. No, there's nothing that has officially been said about what type of injury he received. Yeah, Dave, can but, you, you can know, you maybe take a look at it now and see maybe if there's something that came up in the last, you know, 20 minutes or so or an hour, uh, if something came up, well, what what the actual injury was? I mean, from what everything I read, it said knee, and it said yeah, knee? it said his knee. So yeah. uh, knee injury. It reminds me of. Um, uh, Patrick Cote and Anderson Silva. Okay. Remember when he kind of hopped in and he was actually, uh, you know, yeah, he was yeah. doing well. He had just, but you could actually see his pop. Yeah, his knee moved and shift. You could actually see it, you know, as the replay showed, you know, and a lot of times you'll see it. Didn't see anything mm-hmm. with it. And I'm not saying, you know, obviously it happened because he went down right away and it wasn't, you know, the, the guy has kicked everything, you know, there is. So he knows how to kick and he kicks hard as hell. He's, he is incredibly fast oh i love watching that guy move it wasn't just it is just wasn't just his kicks john and his punching he his takedown defense was fucking super impressive oh, dude he was just incredible yeah. <clears throat> cat-like reflexes yeah. i mean his flexibility he, and when you look at him you think to yourself this guy's not that flexible you saw gamrot try to tree top him and he just balanced on one oh, yeah. foot and then he was able to turn his knee down and then get out I wonder though, dude. What are you talking about? He's not flexible. His damn leg was almost straight up and down at one. No, that's point. what I'm saying. I, when I look at yeah, him, I'm yeah. thinking to myself, he's not that flexible. Oh, but yeah. then the reality yeah, set is. in when he when Gamrot went to treetop him. He had him up on his leg. He was bouncing around. Then he was able to turn oh, yeah. his knee down and just kind of like give it like a little mule kick out. I kind of wonder though if his knee was compromised a little bit from those takedowns. It might have been there. From and that. then the second round, it just finally gave way. Because yeah, he, um, very possible. Yeah, because he he was doing some cr- insane stuff when his knee was hiked up. He was also in the scrambles. He was turning himself. 
real fast, explosively left and right. And Gamrot was chasing the legs and uh, wasn't able to get him fully all the way down in that first round. It was very impressive, though. Yeah. I was extremely impressed. But I, I was impressed by Gamrot and the way that he was attacking mm -hmm. him as far as he wasn't taking ridiculous shots. He was using his hands to get inside. It's one of those fights when you look and you go, all right, Josh, based upon what you saw, who was going to win that fight? Oh, I thought it was going to be Gamrot. Okay. Yeah. From what I saw, I, yeah. th I thought Gamrot was going to win. I just, look, I, is in a five-round fight, <clears throat> I just think that Fazeev, we showed against Bobby Green, he showed against other fighters. I will tell you exactly. exactly. To slow down. He slows down. Yeah. And using all that quickness and all that energy, I was like, it's probably going to end up starting to go mm -hmm. Gamrot's way. And it ended, and, but, you know, it still could be that Fazeev would, would oh, have won. Absolutely. It was, it was a good fight. You know, it was, it was interesting up to that point. It just happens, you know. Guys get injured. It's it's, it's it's up sport. Yeah, I didn't get quite enough sample size out of that fight to get to give an honest answer on who I thought would win. And uh, yeah. <clears throat> but from what I saw, the way that Gamrot was able to still keep it on the or to not get the takedown, <clears throat> but still did some good stuff on the feet in that first round. <clears throat> yeah, and the way he was chasing the takedowns, but not really jeopardizing his positioning when doing it. Um, that, that led me to believe that he's going to go ahead and be aggressive throughout the second, the third. And if you take, like I said, the history of Fazeev fighting Bobby Green, Fazeev fighting Gaethje, Fazeev fighting certain guys, right? He explosive, everything he does comes with a lot of power, a lot of explosiveness. That means that as the fight goes on, it, it becomes less. Sure, there's, they're more explosive even later on but there becomes less output on it. So less chance for you to potentially get the knockout and the win. Whereas Gamrot, we saw him against Sarukian and he was still there in that third, fourth round. Like he's a dog. And that's majority of those type of wrestlers are. They just, the grind, they call it the grind for a reason because they know that they're probably, may, they may not win the first round. And if they do, then that's fine. But then the, their whole goal is to win you and wear you down second round, win you, wear you down third. This is a five-round fight, main event status, baby. Make, it, make, make every round count. Make every round harder than next next one coming up. Yeah, so. and I, I think that as this fight would have ha continued to play out, I think Gamrot would have been able to get a takedown here or there in that second round going into the third. And then as you get one, the second comes a little bit easier, the third comes a little bit easier. And uh, but look, you can never count Fazeev out. And like I said, I didn't get a, I didn't no. get quite enough sample size yet because yeah. you can see the power he possesses in his kicks, his hands, uh, you know, all of those things, body shots, everything he does, it just comes with a ton of heat. So you can't count him out. But I would have leaned towards the wrestler, just to be honest. Yeah, it was, but it was turning. It was, it was a competitive fight as they were going. Mm -hmm. But you, you got to figure it's going to start fairly slow. It's a five round fight. There's a lot to go through. And it it was going through that progression, and it just ended. It just you know, yeah. that's what happens. That's... Well, where like so, this is uh, Fazeev's second loss in a row. Can you click on Fazeev, or did yeah. he have a win in yes. between the Gaethje and no second loss? No, in a row. yeah, Justin Gaethje in his second round. <clears throat> yeah. Um, pull up the rankings. Where where does Fazeev go from here, and where does Gamrock go from here? Let's pull up the rankings. Here. Well, you know, it's it's funny, but you got to look. Fazeev was actually ranked ahead of Gamrock, mm. and. uh They've got to switch places. Yeah. Even though it, you know, it was an injury-based TKO win, they've got to switch places. It's a win. Yeah. It's you know, part of fighting is you know, you know, self self-inflicted injury sometimes is what will end the fight. This is kind of like a self-inflicted injury. 
you know, maybe it was based on the elbow, but you know, that was Fazeev hitting that elbow, but you know, it's a, it's gotta be a switch in those positions at this point. Well, I look at like, so for Fazeev, right? I got to probably, he's already fought. Um, he hasn't fought Sarukin yet. He'll be out for a while though. So not, I'm not really sure where, how this will all shake out after all of this. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe on a return fight, maybe someone like a Grant Dawson. Possibly. You know? It depends on how long he's going to be out, but I'd imagine if he if he did tear something in his knee, he'll be out for at least nine months. I'd say at least nine months. You know, I mean, he seems like he's pretty strict about his his diet, nutrition, the way he takes care of his body. Um, I, yeah. I think he'll be able to recover and come back probably. And I don't know how how old is he? What thirty three, thirty two, thirty three? Yeah. Uh Anyways, <clears throat> but that being said, so Fazeev. But then Gamera, I look at he—he's already come up short against um, thirty. Oh, he's thirty. Yeah, he's thirty. So he's—he's he's right in his prime, which sucks. You're losing a year, you know, eight months of your prime. No, he's—he's he's still young, man. He's still—he hasn't even reached that prime. But when I look at when I look there. at Gamera, he's—he's he's already got a loss against Benil Dariush. But the fight really to make would be him and Michael Chandler. You think so? Oh, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. Look, I mean, I, I had a good chance to uh, chat just real quick with Dustin while we were at the airport, you know, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't give Dustin um, a title shot, you know, I think uh, if after whoever fights, so Charles fights this one right here, right? And then I think Justin's yeah. going to get the next title shot. There's nothing, there's no one really there for Dustin to fight. Maybe you have him fight Benil Dariush, but like... Like Dustin's kind of, I think, at the point in his career. Dustin has fought. Everybody. Yeah, he's he wants the big biggest fight you could potentially give him, you know. And you can't blame and him. Darius isn't the biggest fight for him anymore. It was right maybe before that, but Justin was actually the bigger fight. That's why he fought Justin. <laughs> Came up short, you know. Maybe he fights, you know, Charles. If Charles loses, loses, you know, um, then that puts him right there being next in the line for another title shot. I don't know, but I'm looking at as I'm looking at all this. I think you put Gamera. I like to see Gamera and Chandler because Chandler's kind of in that no man's land. And you know, if I'm no, talking G about Gam Gamera and, and uh, Dustin, they're they're both from ATT. I'm not saying they won't fight. But... Yeah, I, I actually, but I don't think I don't think Dustin would take that fight. He's like he's not ranked high enough. He hasn't beat any big names. This is his biggest name he's beaten, and in Sarukian, and that was a very close fight, by the way. And so I think for Dustin, he's like nah. I'm looking for the Charles and the Islam and the. If I got to run it back with Justin again, I, I'll do that. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I think below Darius and Chandler and those guys isn't really. I don't think he's really feeling it. I need a big money fight, yeah. and that's that's why I think there there might be potential for him to possibly go up and wait. And I think if Colby does win, I could see Dustin going. You know what? For the title at 170, I might go up there. I might go up there and fight Colby. Well, it's not like he's afraid. No, of he's. Not. We know that. You know, the, the, it's like, that's the. That's what the crazy thing is. How many but, people are going to say he's is, afraid of him? Oh, you didn't go. You're afraid oh of him. Oh my god! Dustin Poirier is not afraid of fucking anyone. The, <laughs> Dustin Poirier is not afraid of Godzilla. God. Okay, if Godzilla was real and it was fucking doing, Dustin's not afraid of him. Okay, Dustin is a fucking dog. Mm -hmm. Dustin is a. He, you talk about a, a guy. He came from a tough background. You know, he, had, he he did not have it easy. He was in a juvenile hall for a while and stuff because, uh, you know, he didn't have his shit together. And you know, fighting is what kind of set him 
you know, straight. He's got a great wife who was his girlfriend for a long time. She kind of set him straight. They've been together since but he's middle been school. through the ringer. They've been together since middle school. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. But he's been through the mm-hmm. ringer, man. You know, he's had some tough times and he's he's he continuously takes a loss and comes back better and gets win after mm-hmm. win and you know he he's a he's a he's exactly what you want to have you know representing the sport in my mind he's just a great person yeah i look at to go back on what we were talking about though with faziva we'll see where the dust settles you know after your, his knee injury and how long he's actually out for but i look at gamrot and i think the person that's floating around in there in no man's land will be michael chandler cuz he's already got a loss to dariush no reason to go run that fight back. It was very he got dominated in that fight. You're saying Gamrot? Yeah, Gamrot's got a lot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I look at Michael Chandler being the only one there. He doesn't he's not lined up for a fight right now. It's supposed to be Connor. Well, he's lined up for a fight. Yeah. <laughs> that fight, that fight that's just not it's happening. Not happening. Man. I don't think it's happening. It's just not happening. I mean, I heard there was there was they bet and they're supposed to be getting that fight to happen, but. Oh yeah, I had heard yeah. the same thing, and then it then it fell it apart again. Game. We'll see, we'll see what happens. All right, and the next fight, in the co-main event, you got Bryce Mitchell versus uh, Dan Ige. I'll tell you what, I I really enjoyed the mm-hmm. fight. I was impressed. I was, uh, I was, I knew that Bryce Mitchell had had a good ground game. <clears throat> I didn't think it was quite, you know. I thought when I say good, I thought it was good. I didn't think that he would actually, for the most part, dominate Dan Ige on the ground. He got great positions. And, and, and Josh, I'm going to tell you, I want to say it was the third round. There was that transition from the just the art of the takedown that he did. If you watched in the takedown and how he swept the leg out from where he was at and the way he took the back was just absolute art. It was so fucking cool, so beautifully done. I was so impressed with his ground and the way he did things. And you know, I expect Danny Gay to hang tough. I expect Danny Gay to not give in. And he did it. And he, near the end, he was mounted. Yeah. So you look and you go, you know. But I was very impressed with uh, the way that Bryce Mitchell handled a guy that we know has got power and he, he definitely cracked him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And, but overall, you know, Danny Gay was winning the first round and then, you know, Bryce kind of got it back. There was two judges that gave it to Dan, but then Bryce took over, you know, in the fight for the most part, being able to just out position and do good work. Wasn't able to get the submission. I, I didn't think he would be able to, but God damn, I'll tell you what, there was some moments in that third round. I'll tell you that that sequence from that takedown to that back take was absolutely beautiful. You know, when I looked at the fight in that first round and I was thinking to myself, Bryce Mitchell's running into a brick wall again. He's having a hard time. And I saw the look kind of, I I saw a look on his face almost in moments. Like he looked like shit. I'm not able to get this guy down. Shit. I'm working really hard for this. I'm not able to hold him there. Like what's going on. And I, the look on his face was I'm getting tired. And then, then in the second round, it just kind of came together for him. A little yep. bit of almost like, okay, he went to his corner, he got a deep breath. I don't even say it was in the second round. I think it was towards the, the end, end of the, of the first, first round. It was when he was when he was able to change the position yep. and start to do some good work. It was like, okay, okay, I'm gonna be. Yeah, here. 
but that's exactly what I remember what I was talking about with the um with the Gamrot and the Fazib fight was that yeah. once you get the first one, the second and the third, they're still hard, but they come a little bit easier. Yeah. The trans, you know, well, the, the fences. And there's also a there's also if I did it once, I know I can do yeah. it. Yeah. And then the person that you're taking down is like, oh, I better stop this. There's more pressure on them to stop it. And then they make yeah. a mistake yeah. or they fight a little bit too hard in the wrong position, put themselves in a bad position, whatever it is. But um, but yeah, I agree. Bryce Mitchell though was able, he fought hard when he finally did get that first top position, was able to control it for a while, and then the round ended, I believe, and then the second and third round was just uh, the continuation of that, you know. And uh, Dan had moments where he was able to get back up to his feet and stuff, but for the majority of it, I mean, there was moments where he was in some really deep shit, you know. And uh, Bryce had his back. Bryce had mount. Bryce was doing transitions as Dan was giving his back and then going back to mount, and um. But- but Bryce looked good. I thought he looked good. He's going to have to develop better stand-up, though. Look, I'm going to continue this. Yes. You, th- we this are is. we are past the fucking being one-dimensional. You cannot yeah. be in this sport and be one-dimensional. I mean, we've seen top-level, world-class kickboxers, top-level, world-class wrestlers and jiu-jitsu guys all come in with just one dimension. And it gets them yep. so far. But then you've got... It'll, it'll, it'll get you to that point. It'll get you, I'll get you in the top 10. But it... But it won't get you no. to that one level that you need to get yep. to. I've seen level. guys. No matter how good you I've are. I've seen at guys. It. Damian Maya was probably one of them. He just he was Oh, absolutely. But then he had to go back and get better at his striking. He did. Yeah. He did. And his, re- and well, his wrestling. And his wrestling. Yeah. Because look, if you if you go and you watch Damian Maya when he mm-hmm. first went to the UFC, his takedowns were atrocious. Yeah. He couldn't take he he pulled guard on everybody. He would pull into a deep half. And then get the reverse. Yeah. That was his way of working his way through a ground attack. And all of a sudden, he started changing. And, and I want to say it was against Chael. When all, he took Chael. He down. lateral drop Chael. Dude, <laughs> I want to say that. And I was like, holy I shit. I still remember this to this day. Look at that. <laughs> I was in fucking shock. Like, There's no way this guy's going to be able to oh, take yeah. Chael down. Chael's going to fucking maul yeah. this guy. Stuff his takedowns and beat him up on the feet. I'm like, this guy don't have a stamp. Shit. He took Chael down. I was like, what the yeah. fuck did I just watch? Oh, jeez. People don't realize, and I know they go back, and they're like, oh, he was a good wrestler. You know, fight takedowns against Anderson Silva. The guy's a fucking All-American at Oregon, University of Oregon. He was an Olympic alternate. Like, he was fucking good. Chael was good. He wrestled the University of Oregon like he was a fucking stud. He was a stud. And then he was an Olympic alternate, and he was fucking, a, he was fantastic. Some of the best wrestling I've ever seen inside that cage and the, the way he chain wrestled, he'd hit the single, run you to the double, hit the fence, couldn't get it. He'd back you up off and then hit the inside trip. Very Henry Cejudo-esque, I'd say. But it was like for a big guy, though. That's what made him so popular or not popular. That's what made him so dangerous in there. He just, in the early parts of his career, he just lacked, I think, the confidence. And he lacked, he lacked a couple different things. He lacked, he lacked, I think he lacked, first, he lacked the stand-up ability yeah. of knowing how to throw and get his head off the center line and, and how to use his feet the right way. He was just throwing punches. Yeah. And then he got with, I want to say it was uh, it's Clayton. And uh, was it Clayton? What is, I don't want to say it wrong, but he, the longtime trainer, great guy with uh, his boxing skills. And he changed mm. Chael and gave him confidence in the stand-up. And I want to say Clayton Hines. I don't know. I think so. 
I could be wrong, but I think that's wasn't what it he, is. Well, but, he uh, was with Robbie, Robert Fallis for a long time, wasn't he? Well, Robert Fallis was his grappling and, and one of his head coaches. But Trevor uh, Prangley fought both of them. Clay Hines was the yeah. was his stand-up guy, and he loved him mm-hmm. and uh, absolutely changed his career. Yeah, he just uh, – just to, to go back, Chael had some of the best wrestling in the game and the way he could put it all together. And uh, his his kryptonite was jiu-jitsu. Anytime he got yeah. anything to get put on him, he didn't know how to relax and fight out of it. He just no. he panicked and put himself in a worse position, and he he fake tapped <clears throat> quite a bit. Um, he he'd done that a couple times <laughs> before, even before UFC. Oh yeah, he had fake tapped, and so um, but no, but Chael's is like he was had some of the best wrestling. Bryce Mitchell, he's got to work on. He's even got to work on his wrestling. His wrestling's good, but it's not great. You put him against someone like if I was to put Bryce Mitchell, and I'm just throwing. I know they're not. I know they're not the same weight classes. But that guy's never taken fucking Fazeev down. You know what I mean? Like he's no. You know what I mean? Like the explosiveness, the fucking the just the strength and all those things. You're never getting that guy down. You know, and that's what shocked me so much when he fought. I remember when he fought Barboza. I was like, man, Barboza's not. He's gotten a lot better takedown defense, and he fucking made Barboza look like he didn't know what the hell he was doing. And I was on. I was on the ban, I was on the Bryce Mitchell bandwagon after that. You know, thug nasty. Yeah, but then look at look at what happened. Look what happened Tapuria with fight. yeah Tapuria. You know, I mean, there was excuses. Oh, I was, well, I was, eh, was on this and on that, whatever it was. Like, um, it is what it yeah. is. The better fighter won. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but I'm looking forward okay. to see what happens. Go ahead and pull up those rankings there for, for Rice Missile. What are you saying? Because Dan Ige is ranked number twelve, I think, right now. Is well, he? actually, you know, Mitchell was, was ranked ahead of Dan, so it's not like uh, no, I get it. Yeah. But that's the fight right there. I that I don't, I don't see you're gonna think you're gonna see much movement, if any. Uh, I think Bryce is gonna be somewhere right in the position that he's at at ten. Yeah, but it, this should put him. And you know, and there's a couple guys that you, you could look up. Uh, you know, Josh Emmett is starting to slow down a little mm-hmm. bit, and, and his numbers are dropping as far as where he's at. You know, that would be a good fight mm-hmm. for him because he's gonna have a hard time getting Josh Emmett down. Yeah, he would have a very hard time, and Josh hits hard. But that would be one that you're looking at. That's the kind I would put because Mitchell, you're you're the guy that you want to be on the rise. Here's a guy that's you know quite a few spots above you. Let's see if you can handle you know Josh Emmett. That's where I would. Yeah, go. you know what I do though is I actually I because he's mainly all grappling. Is I probably I probably leapfrog him either to a couple people. I'd leapfrog him maybe up to Calvin Cater and say like, hey, can you can you take the shots of Calvin Cater, his style, his boxing, his kicking, and can you get him down? Which I I think that fight kind of, we kind of found out where Calvin's at right now. He hasn't been as active as of lately. You know, throw him out there and get him in there with someone like Bryce Mitchell. I'm not opposed to the to the uh, Evolov fight either. That could be a fun fight. That would not. I, it wouldn't work for him, I don't think. But it would be interesting to see no. if Evolov could just stuff could defend his submissions and his top pressure, you know. And Evolov could stop his takedowns, but on the feet, though, yep. I mean, not neither one of them are fantastic on the feet. Evolov's better. Evolov is better than him. Evolov is much technically better yes. than Mitchell. In this I do know this, John. He's much <laughs> okay. I'm just you know you're you're, you're talking. I, I'm like no, I get it. Oh man, I get dude, it. no, there's. A, but you know the the fight that I would really like to see Bryce Mitchell fight, and maybe and I think this is too soon for him, but I'd like to see him fight Brian Ortega. Be an interesting fight. 
You know, I mean, Brian, because Brian wouldn't deny going to the ground with him. You know, uh, nope, but, but Brian not. was way better than him on the feet. Yes, and, he is. Uh, we've seen Brian can fucking take some shots, you know, and he can deliver. He can oh. knock out people too. So uh, that would make well, for a fun fight. This is what's going to happen with, you know, Bryce Mitchell is, you know, and like we talk about all the time. There's levels to this. And he's now getting mm-hmm. involved in those levels. You take a look at his record, and Dave, pull up, pull up Bryce Mitchell's uh, r- record for me, please, if you can. But you take a look at, you know, who he's fought, when he's fought him, and everything. He's got some good wins on there, and the, and against guys that I think are good fighters. But you know, Andre Feely, yeah, good fighter, tough dude but is not a great wrestler as far as stopping takedowns and everything. Edson yeah. Barbosa, great fighter in the stand-up game, but does not uh, do well stopping the takedowns or anything. And then you had you know, guys like Charles Rosa, tough dude. Charles Rosa, I mean, he's just a, a game fighter, but now when you're looking at these people that Bryce Mitchell is going to be fighting, this is the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're getting up into the Tapurias and the Igays and all of these people, and now we're talking, you know, Emmett or Evaloff and stuff, there's no easy fights. No easy fights. And everything that you are good at will not work as well against those guys as it has in the past against others. It's going to be tougher to pull it off. And everything that you are not so good at exposes you to what, you know, a, a difference level there is mm-hmm. and what they can end up doing to you. Yeah, they got to be more, he's got to be more well-rounded, man. He's he's struggling. He really is struggling. So he's going to struggle against that that top tier of of fighters. And you, the number is for normally for most weight classes above 170, it's that ranked five and six. You can't get past that if you're not completely well-rounded. It's very mm-hmm. rare. Um, In his weight class, I look at it, it's like, Number you can you won't even get to Evolve. Evolve is I think better yeah. than him at wrestling, better than him on the feet, eight or nine, but maybe not better than him on the grappling, like jiu-jitsu wise. He's I don't think he is better than him. Jiu-jitsu no, he's wise. not. I don't think so either. Yeah. But I think I think he's better than him in wrestling. I think he's better than he him is. on the feet. So that's that's he where is. you're going to run into problems. I, I can't use my jiu-jitsu if I can't get you to the ground. That's it. And so when you're you're putting him against these other fighters, so he can be. I think he can beat Giga Chikadze. I think he can beat uh, Calvin Cater. I think he can beat those guys. But then after you beat those guys, guess who's next? Taporia. Then you got then you got Brian Ortega, and then you got Max Holloway. Then you got you know it's like oh, it's yeah. like th- those are guys that. Could you now think about it? Okay, and uh, and this is no disrespect, not at all, in any fashion to Bryce Mitchell. But he's not ready for someone like a Max Holloway. No, target practice. He, I mean, it would not be a pretty sight as far as, you know, the stand-up. He would be diving for takedowns, which I wouldn't blame him. Mm-hmm. I would be doing the same things if you had that disparity. But, you know, Ma- Max Holloway is a guy that... I think Max's first fight in the UFC, I don't know. Was it, did he fight Dustin Poirier first? I think it was. He might have fought Dustin Poirier that was his in his first, first fight. fight. I think it was yeah. his first fight. He was like he was like nineteen, twenty years well, old. They were both that age, I think. you know. And you look, and he got submitted. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember he got submitted in it. But you look and you go, yeah. you know, take a look at him. Is it was that his first? No, fight in the UFC? oh, go scroll down more. Scroll. It's on the very beginning. They were at one forty-five at the time, way down. Oh, you got to keep. Yeah, it. his first fight in UFC. 
Oh, Dustin Poirier right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Very Boom. first fight. 143. Pat Schilling. <laughs> scroll back down. Said Leonard Garcia. Man, Justin Lawrence. I haven't heard that name forever. Dennis Bermudez. Jeez. Justin Lawrence was supposed to be the thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a good guy. Jeez. Fought Clay Collard. Jeez. Look at there. Boom. Jeez, man. I mean, he's fought you. But you take a look and, you know, Max has had to have that same progression as what, you know, Bryce Mitchell has. You know, Max came in and there was areas that he was mm -hmm. he was deficient. In. Now he's strong in those areas. And that's, that's just part of the fight game. Figuring out, yeah, where can I, where where can I go, and what can I do to fill in the gaps where people have an advantage against me? Yeah, look at like pull up, pull up Dan Ige, please. What's that? I said that was a great comparison for a, for a novice like me. <laughs> uh, pull, scroll all the way down, scroll down, scroll down. So Dan, so has Dan fought Calvin Cater? Yeah, he has. He lost to him. Yeah, he has. I was like, yeah. that might. That was that was a tough fight. What about Giga to Chikadze? He has not fought, not fought Giga. Giga. No. Yeah. I mean, I feel like just to keep Dan in that mix there somewhere. I mean, like, there's guys that I know that would motivate Dan's him. Dan's going to be in that mix. Like, unfortunately for Dan, he's that guy when you look and you go, man, if you can beat Dan Ige, you're 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 separating yourself from, yeah. you know, that pack. It's all, I don't want to say gatekeeper because he's not, no. man. He can, the dude can fight. I love watching him fight. But... It's always when you get into that one element where, like the Calvin Cater fight for Dan, Calvin was just too good on the feet for him. He just took too many shots. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't see how Ige, you know, I'm going to be honest, I don't think Ige ever beats Volkanovski. No. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. And then you take a look and you go into the, I don't think Dan Ige ever beats Max Holloway. Uh, yeah, both guys from Hawaii, but I don't think he beats him, and it's just yeah, it's because you know there's just you know there, there's great fighters, but they just can't beat certain guys. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I mean, he's at number twelve right now. I mean, he's already beat Edson Barboza, so he'll stay probably exactly where he's at. I don't see him dropping. Yeah, and it's, no, I don't it's think Edson, he will. Is he even still around? He retired. Yeah, no, 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 no. I haven't, I haven't seen him fight in a while. He fought well, like five months ago, something like that. It was a while back. I mean, I'd like to see him and Giga get after it because I know that Dan could probably get a takedown or two on him, control the top position. But he's going to take some shots in the process. He's going to take some shots yeah, trying to do it. Is. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it. but there's no easy fights in that weight class, man. Thirty-five and forty-five nope. are fucking featherweight. Thirty. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. Well, everywhere, mm -hmm. in in all kinds, in every promotion. Mm -hmm. I mean, stacked. Yeah, 35, 45s. Crazy. Yep. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, we, we were just with, you know, Brendan Lockney. Oh. You know, 145er from the PFL. Jeez. That dude is a stud. You know what's funny is, John, there's, there's when I fought Eves, there's, there's a sound footage of Rogan. Josh Thompson's the biggest lightweight I've ever seen in my life. I, st <laughs> I stood next to that 45 pounder there. I told you, I said, hey, I want you to look. And they said you were big at 150. This dude is <laughs> fucking huge, man. I'm like, what do you mean you it. fight at 45? Yeah. It's crazy it's to stud. me. It's crazy to me. Tough dude. Ah, uh, All right, but next fight. All right, Marina. Oh, man. 
man, you know, we talked about this fight and it went exactly like we talked. And I, I hate to say that, but it's, you know, Michelle Watterson Gomez, she's a sweetheart. The karate hottie I, I have uh, adored for a long time just because she's such a good person. And she went after it and she got right away with the takedown. And I was like, that's what we're talking about. That's what you got to do against Marina. And she was doing good until Marina got back to her feet. And from that moment on, it was a, it was one way traffic, man. It was not, uh, I tell you, Michelle fought her ass off. She was trying, she was taking some heavy shots. The fact that she made it through that first, first round, round, I'll tell you what just showed what kind of competitor and how much heart she has. And when, uh, you know, I, Carrie, Carrie Hadley was the referee in that one and he was, he was letting her go and, you know, you got to let her go. And, and a, a lot of referees will, you know, they'll, I'm just gonna say it, a lot of with women will stop it quicker because it's like, Oh, I don't want to see, you know, you take too much damage. He let, he let her take a lot of damage. She was, she was busted up. And Marina was putting it on her. And finally, when she got mounted and there, there was nowhere for her to go, it was a good stoppage. It was a great stoppage as far as, but, you know, I do know that, she, you know, she said, she, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't want it to get stopped. And it's like, you know, yeah. your heart goes out for her because I've, this has got to be what, she's got to have like five losses in her last six fights. Yeah. Something like that. Mm -hmm. What is it? Five, Four, six, six, six and seven fights. Six and okay. seven fights. Six and seven fights. Angela Hill's the only. I mean, and that, that's tough. She had a ton of success early on, and you know, you run into that. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I give her credit, man. She went out there and fought her ass off. Just Marina was just too strong, mm -hmm. too big, yeah. too strong, technically good, and just, just lit her up. Some of the knees to the body that she took, Josh, I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. You know that hurt. She took some of the knees yeah. to the face. She took the body. And the elbows oh, yeah. were just like, just target practice. Oh, she yeah. was just holding her in place and just elbowing her. Um, She ran into a little bit of what I've seen from like guys like Kung Lee from back in the day. Certain people just don't know how to defend the tie plum. This yeah. like the drop the shoulder, roll it inside, whether it's the full yank away, whether it's the post on the face and twist and turn. There's different ways to get out. And she just There's all kinds of ways she just to didn't do it. Have but an you answer. gotta figure out Well the, see, and this is the problem. This is what I saw. They have the way that works for them. This is not a way, John. This, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not talking about that. They have the way. Stop. I'm not and this this goes all the way back to Rich Franklin when he fought Anderson yeah. Silva. They have the way that works for them. And it's like, oh, you know, you type on me, this is what I do. And they stick with that one way and they don't they don't have another way. They're not good with another way. And you've got to have, you know, there's all kinds of ways. There's ways of creating space. There's ways of bringing the person to you and crushing space. And, you know, using, you know, just... Uh, angles on it and you look and you go you've got to have more than one way to stop a, a tie plum because everyone does it a little bit different and some things will work against one while they won't work against the other and you've got to have that those multiple you know setups a b c she did it and that's why she ends up you know doing exactly what you were saying and i'm like ah. well there's the other the other way too is like don't always have to get out of it you're just going to learn how to defend from them throwing something. Like, go ahead and let them throw the knee. 
But then, you know, arm, hands underneath the armpits as they throw the knee, elevate a little bit and foot sweep. Whatever you've got, whether you guide the knee by and then step behind and more than drop. one way. It's like it's not even it's not even so much like trying to just get out, just utilizing them against themselves, utilizing their movement against themselves. Yeah. Shit, no answer, man. None. And the Kung Lee was the worst at it. Kung, I mean, like he didn't know how to defend a, a fucking knee to the body once you got him in a tie clinch. He had no idea what the hell was going on. And just watch this fight with Anderson Silva or not, and not Anderson, uh, Vanderlei Silva. He's fucking got his face neat off. You know what I mean? Like he, he just it just was one of those like he and he had no desire to learn. And I remember training and sparring with him, working with him, and then Javier worked with him for a long time. He just never he never he just thought he just could put his forearm there and block it like how Rich Franklin did with Anderson. That shit don't work. It, no. it doesn't work. And um no. you know, I don't know. It just was one of those things with her. She had the the size disadvantage, and yes. Marina was so tall, was able to just kind of grab her right away and push her head down right into the knees, <clears throat> hold the tie plum, and then elbow with one hand and go back to to, to holding the tie plum, elbow with one arm, like she she made her pay in every in every uh, facet of that fight. But I also look at Michelle Waterson. She made a mistake once she got the takedown. Once she got kicked out and she was on her feet, you just got to jump back in. You just gotta, you just gotta jump back in. Be, I'm just being honest because Michelle is the better yeah, jujitsu no, no. player. Like, take your chances on the ground. Take yeah. your chance. Like that, that's your, that's your area to win this you fight. You made, you gave her so much space. She got back to her feet, and then you were done. It was like, oh. Then you try to shoot again, didn't get it, and then she shot some half-assed shots and made it even worse. Like once, yeah, was... once you get that first takedown, you do whatever it takes to keep that person on the ground. If you know that's your way to 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 get in the win, and uh, there was no sense of urgency. Oh, okay, if she hits back up, I'll go ahead and just get another one. No, because the first one came so easy. They didn't come easy after that. And I thought I thought oh, Carrie Hadley did a great job, but um, there was moments in that first round it could have been stopped. John, you know, could have, you, you know that. Yeah. Oh no, could have. Um, I Absolutely. liked and I agree with you that they, we've had several refs that we know, we know personally. We won't mention any names. They have stopped fights a little too early because they are females. They don't want to yeah. see females get damaged and beat up. Well, this is the fight business, okay? The entertainment business, the fight business, and they know what they signed themselves up for. And so um, <clears throat> they know what they're getting themselves into. And and she goes out on her shield. You know, she's she's that type of person. So I'm glad that he let her fight, but I wouldn't have been mad had he stopped it. There was a couple, I think there was no, like once or twice in that first not. round where he could have stopped. Absolutely. There was a, there have. was a moment where he he could have stopped yeah. and it would have been justified. There was one, I think it was about a minute left. And I was like, how, it's like 58 seconds, I think. Left. I was like, how the fuck is he letting this thing go? And then she turned away enough to get, like make enough space. And I was like, oh shit. That's what's more dangerous. <clears throat> when they, they're almost finished and then they land a shot. Or they're almost finished oh, and yeah. they defend properly for a second. Or something happens, like the person misses a punch and puts himself out of position and they're able to get away. You're like, fuck, all I got to do is just, just get hit with one more shot and then the ref will stop. But it's like they do just enough to keep the ref no, from see, stopping the, it. The, the, wor the worst ones is when you have someone and you have that fight and the person is just starting to dominate and they're just blasting them and they stop mm. and you go what the god damn you hit your piss because now you can't stop it mm -hmm. and then they'll start and stop and you go, oh yep. man those are the ones who drive you crazy yep yeah. all right next fight
Can I just say real quick before you move on? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you can hear this insane hail right now, but uh, between that and the thunder, if I lose power, okay. that's what. If I go off, uh, it's I, I'm, I'm hearing pops. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's hailstone the size of golf balls. Oh, hope yeah. your house is okay. All right, we had Brian Brian battle against AJ Fletcher. Uh, Brian Battle being the guy who won the uh, Ultimate Fighter, and uh, no one gave him a lot of freaking credit. No one gave him a lot of respect, and I tell you what, this guy is earning his respect because he keeps on putting on good performances. He's very calm in the cage. He got touched one time in this fight, and uh, I really looked, and it was you know he decided I'm just going to take the center and let him try to come towards me, and and it was working for him, and he was doing fine, and he was. He was the better fighter than that, and Fletcher was, you know, moving around. But Fletcher did catch him the one time, and you look and you go, you need to, you know what, move a little bit sometimes. Coming forward is a good thing, you know. And so kind of changed it up, and in the end, as soon as he decided, it was funny because, you know, Fletcher's big thing was to take this fight to the ground, and when you saw battle, he ends up up against the cage. He turns him, and from that point, the knees to the body that he throws are really effective. He does a good job with that. He sets it up. He opens up the area, then attacks it. And then when he takes, you know, got him to the ground right away with the rear naked choke. And it was like, you, you could tell that AJ Fletcher was done mm -hmm. because he did, he didn't even defend it, Josh. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't defend it. Yeah. He just waited the top. His hand was here. Yep. And he's like, yep. okay, wait, it's getting, oh, no, not yet. Not yet. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. It's not quite tight <clears> enough <throat> yet. I can't do it yet. And then, and then it goes right from that to, it's a panic attack. <laughs> it was like, um, you know, this Brian battle from in comparison to the one that left the show. The one that left the show yeah. was fought wild, fought crazy, didn't fight, didn't fight smart. This was a no. very, very well thought out he's game plan. He's getting very good. He's, he's understanding what, it's, what works for him and that push kick. And he, I know that I was listening to some of the commentary. They... They were like, oh, that's all he's using. That's all, you know, my, and, and, but I heard Dom go, well, it's smart. That's all, that's all he's got to use. It's an extended yeah. version of the jab and it's better. It's exactly. better for him. You know, when you're fighting someone like AJ Fletcher, who's what, five, four, I mean, he's yeah, tiny he's, he muscle. It like he's reminds me of a, Sean Shirk yeah. a little bit. Dude, he, he reminds me of freaking, you're, you're talking about it in the silverback. Justin Wilcox, Justin. yeah. Yeah, that's what he reminded yeah. me of. So I was thinking like Wilcox and Shirk. He reminds me of that. Like he has that type of like body style. And so Brian Battle knew that. Okay, what's the best way for someone like that? Keep that guy there. Just fucking piece him up, push kick him, dump him off. And I thought he was doing a good job of, of, of that. You know, he's just hitting him with a push kick and uh, keeping him away. And uh, that's what he did. And so yeah. it worked out perfectly. I thought, you know, yeah, he did get clipped a little bit there. But once the, once the fight hit the ground, he made his transitions. He did a great job, man. I think we lost Dave there. It was it happened all that. I think I think the uh, the hail has destroyed Dave. Yeah, it's destroyed so, Dave. Let's look this up because we normally have Dave pulls up all the information for us. So we'll take a look at this uh, this card here because we had it on. Dun, dun, dun. Why is it so hard to fight these? I get it. You got it. UFC I will. Apex. What was it? Seventy nine. Yeah. Look at us. Look how tech savvy we are. Dude, I'll tell you, we're impressive. Yeah. All right, we're good to got go. Got it. Who was the? Oh yeah. 
Charles Jordan against Ricardo Ramos. This was, uh, I'll tell you what, this was a great ground battle. And it was it was apparent, and I, both of us love Jordan and the way that he fights. He's got good stand-up. He's got good ground. And Ramos felt, you know, he got caught the one time, and, and he moved to a Von Flew choke, and he had that on for a little bit. Jordan fought it off well. And, uh, but I think that kind of gave Ramos the idea that, oh, he'll never be able to get me. And he kept sticking his head to the side. And the, and this, the one time he put it to the wrong side, he put it off to the one side. And, you know, once that arm comes across, that leg comes over the top, that guillotine was tight. And you could see right away, he was like, uh-oh, I'm, I'm in trouble. And, and yeah. it was just a smart fight by Charles Jordan, who, Josh, we're going to be watching Charles Jordan for a long time. You know, John, what it is with him, which kind of threw me off, was if you're Ramos, why are you putting your head knowing that that's really kind of the only submission he... He's got good submissions, don't get me wrong. But that's like his bread yeah. and butter. He tries to hit yeah. that thing anytime you touch his legs, All the time. anytime your head is down All by his, his chest. He's trying to put your head in the hole, and he's going deep with it, <laughs> or he's trying to go army and guillotine. I mean, he's he's working it from all different ways. Sure. Gotta avoid that, man. Like I don't. I'm not saying you gotta keep it on the feet, but I think it was that first instance where Jordan actually tried, and then he put him into the Von Flu that made him feel like, okay, I've been there. He can't get me. Oh, you've been yeah. there. I've, you know, we all do it. It's like, oh, that guy can't catch me with that. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, yeah. hello. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it would just it just seemed like he kept doing, they kept doing. And then, then when uh, Jordan kind of was able to skirt free of him a little bit, then he rushed back in with his head on the side, right into the guillotine position. That's what, that's what I said. Put it right on the other side, and yeah. you went, oh, like, that's come on, man. What are you thinking? But, but it was a really first off, it was a it was a fun fight mm -hmm. to watch. I enjoyed the way they both competed. I enjoyed the way they went after it. And I, I tell you what, I'll watch Charles Jordan fight anytime. He goes for the finish. He he goes after mm -hmm. his opponent. You know, he's a competitor, man. So, I, like I said, he's going to be around for a long time fighting. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. I like him. He reminds me a little bit of that guy, David Gallon. Yeah. Who fights from Bellator. Yeah. I, I don't know why. They yeah. both got they both have good judo. They're both good on the feet. You know, I think Jordan I think Jordan's <laughs> a little bit more um explosive. You know, um yeah. he does like more flashy stuff, but uh but they're both fun to watch. Uh next fight. Well, let's we're we're into the prelims now, so let's talk about a couple okay. of them. Because we got to talk. Is there any ones that you really want to talk about? Well, Miles Johns against uh Dan Argua. Good fight, but went to the decision. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a... Uh, I, but Tim Means yeah. against Mr. Fialo, who is a friend of yours. No, no, no. We talked about this, and we knew. This was one of those ones that, you know what? It could go either way. Because Fialo's got power, but Tim Means, Tim Means he's the dirty bird, man. That's why I love him. He's a, he's a dog. This fight, the, I mean, it was the dirty bird that won him the fight. Is that... Yes. Fialo is comfortable with fighting guys that know how to just stand in front of him and like, let's go back and forth and let's see who goes down first. Well, Tim means doesn't fight that way. You know, he is, you come in, he throws the knee cause he's so tall and lanky and all those things. He throws the knee up the middle. When you dip your head the wrong way, boom, you got caught, got sat to your ass. Then as the fight's going on and you want to try to fight me in a phone booth, 
all right, fine. I'm going to knee and elbow you. I'm going to clinch your head. I'm going to elbow your face. I'm going to throw knees up the gut and you're going to get tired because I'm hitting you with the knees. I mean, he had an answer for everything that Fiala was doing. In the second round, he got in a lot of trouble. Tim Means did. But then, yeah. but then Fiala didn't, he didn't go, he didn't chase after. I'm not saying he should have chased after it, but he should have. There was moments where he could have got him out of there and he didn't get him out of there. He took a step back almost to get his own breath. Like he, it just, You've got to be careful with someone like Tim Means also. You know the rules. You know, and the rules are you you don't want to be stuck, gassed out after trying to finish him and him no, just no. knowing that he is the dirty bird. He's a filthy, dirty fucking animal bird. Like he's that he's d- a dirty, the yeah. filthy animal. <laughs> and so he just, you know, he's going to take everything you got. He's going to, you know, still yeah. be there. Maybe still half-witted or whatever it is, but then he's going to still be there. And he's going to just get in your face and just put pressure and the knees and the elbows and all those. And he was looking on point, too, with his stand-up. And if you're... Yeah, he looked good. Sharp. If you're somebody like Fialo, and I know him very well, it's a confidence thing. Like, why is this guy? This guy's... He's not the he's not the best looking guy. He's not you know he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the best looking style of fighting, and just the way he looks physically, you're like I shouldn't be losing to this guy, but he can fight. The dirty yeah, bird can fight. fight, and he's been doing it for a long yeah. time. Man, so against the best guys, against a lot of the yeah. best guys, he's fought, and so um, all that experience and everything, it really he just. He he basically took Fiala into the dark, into the into the deep waters, and fucking they, he let him yeah, come up for he let him come up for air for a couple of times. He's like, okay, when I'm ready, I'm ready, and he got him out of there. I was I was I was very impressed with uh, Tim Means, man. Fought a good fight. Fialo just uh, he's got a, he's he's got great kicks. He's got good wrestling. You saw it when he did the, the single leg dump. I'm like, why aren't you just like we've been telling this? We've been telling him this for him and Abu Baka. Um, Habib's cousin. Yeah, him and Abu Bakr used to have some of the fucking biggest wars. They, I don't know what it was with the two of them. It didn't matter. They'd both come out all bloody afterwards. They just stood and traded. They, they, they neither one of them knew how to fight smart when it was like tra- they got he got mad at each other. You hit me hard, fuck you. I hit you hard. It was they came out of there sometimes almost wanting to throw the gloves off. Just to throw more punches. Just throw bare, throw bare hands. hands. I was like, man, <laughs> they they went at it. They they were it was fun to, for us to watch, but I mean, we had to stop them a couple of times from sparring because they just they would just wanted to fucking kill each other. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. But um, but they just he just doesn't fight smart. And there's nothing you can do to change him to say, hey, you've got explosive kicks, you've got great double legs, you got good wrestling. He's not the best on the ground jujitsu wise. But I think he knows enough to keep himself out of some solutions. Yeah, like when you know who your competition is. First off, it's not. It's not. You don't have to worry about the submissions. Mm. What you have to worry about if you're not that good on the ground is base and balance. If you're in the top position, striking changes everything. Yeah. The ability to punch and elbow someone in the head and body absolutely takes away a ton of what they can do absolutely you just have to know and and it's just it's a skill set like anything else you have to practice it to be good at it you know crazy did we get dave back yes sir yeah hello there mister yeah we're gonna call you the hail man. We have to, we have. Uh, do you guys want to see a picture of the hail that just? Yeah, let me see. Let me see this bad boy. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it over at the mat right now. Okay, let me see. Um, freaking nuts. Uh, you you don't you don't park your car. I'm I'm gonna start parking my car in the garage. I think. 
No, well, I have one car in the driveway. The hell out oh, you only have one car right now. I only have one in the garage. Yeah, uh, I have a. Well, you parked the other one underneath the tree. Yeah, so it doesn't, get, it doesn't get directly hit. I don't have a big enough tree Hopefully. on my driveway, so. This came out of nowhere. Literally, it came out of nowhere. It was like ninety-five and sunny um, an hour ago. Wow. Oh yeah. Check out this hill. Oh shit. Oh, Crazy, right? <laughs> Hey, are those are those your hands, Dave? No, it's my neighbor's hand. Oh. I was like, is it a guy or a girl? Girl. I was like, so I was like, <laughs> like Dave, you got some real feminine hands. Very nice. <laughs> ah, Dave. Hey, that's crazy. Dave, Look at that. Dave, your hands I like, yeah, so I'll go out and assess the damage in the morning. Damn. Yeah, that's some good old hail right there. Yeah, we um we're not getting hail warnings right now. We're getting uh, tornado warnings. They're saying, but it's not it's not by us. It's a little bit further up north about. 30 minutes in Denton in Denton, which Denton is, yeah, yeah. not far from us about yeah. 30 minutes, I think. So, well, no, we've been good so far. I got off the plane today though, man, John, it was fucking 95 degrees. It was freezing on the flight it and it was cold in <laughs> Ireland. And I get off the plane here and I'm like, Holy shit. It's I was Ooh, sweating. I had a sweater. I had a thermal on and stuff. I'm like, man, I took that thing off right away. Uh, anytime you fly international, right, we, you gotta you gotta take long sleeves. Ugh, always. always. All right, next one. We gotta talk about the uh, Cody Brundage versus Jacob Macoon fight. What do you think should have been done? You're you're the, you're the fighter. Was he getting hit to the back of the head? Well, he did get hit to the back of the head. Now, like how many? How many times? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I would probably only count two. Maybe, no. maybe, maybe more than that. Nah, I mean they they yeah. kind of like wrap. I mean they, the one that I the, no from he had ones that landed to the side, yeah. and he had a couple that were straight down the. Stri- when a guy's head's there and not moving, and then you hit it, mm. now it's on you. That's when you. That's when as the referee looking first time, and you heard what you heard. Mark Smith say, "Watch when the back I hit the head. back of your head, though your dumbass decided to stay there. You should have moved." <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but th- what what should have been done? Mm-hmm. Mark Smith should have stopped the fight before he had this injury, mm-hmm. gotten them up, taken Jacob out of that dominant position, put them both on their feet and said, I'm not taking a point from you, but you're going to lose the position because you're not targeting where you need to hit. Mm-hmm. You hit the back of his head again. I'm going to take you out of the position and take him. All right. Well, well, let, let me let me let me uh, go the other way. Go ahead. Why would you what? not take a point though? Like, wait. You just said he hit him more than once. Now, if you hit me twice, that means you knew you hit me once the first time. And you hit me again. Nothing says I have to take a point. John, hitting somebody yes. in the back of the head. We've seen fighters die in boxing well, hold, stop, from being hit stop, to the stop, back stop. of the head. Are, are there? Are there are there different levels of being hit to the back of the yeah, head? Yeah, with Josh? the forearm. Excuse me, I, the last one, and they end up disqualifying him. Yeah, I'm okay, just... that one, yes. But are there different levels? Yes. If you hit someone and it hurts them right away, well, then you're not going to just take them out of the position. But he did hit him before that, and it didn't really do damage to Cody. And that's when you say, "Stop, get up," and you. You know, warn him, all that stuff. You're going to lose your position. And I'm affecting the fight 
in a big way towards him because I'm taking him out of a position where he could end up winning the fight, right? But I'm not taking points at that point because I don't want to take points out of it. So I'm having that um, a much bigger effect on the fight. But it is the way that Mark, as the referee, could have done something different than just get to the point where all of a sudden now he's going to give a disqualification. I, I just, I have a hard time. Like, look, if you did something illegal, if you did it once. How many times did you do something illegal? Very rarely, John. Oh, you lying I'll son of a bitch. I could start bringing up things. Oh, you were a cheat. I was not a cheat. Grabbing inside of gloves. My own gloves. All kinds of I'm stuff. I'm allowed to grab inside my own gloves. <laughs> I know, because you because you asked Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I asked. I always ask. I know what I'm I doing. Asked, when you were back there and other, other refs are back there, I asked. And I also have techniques that now some fighters have been using, like Benson took from me. I grabbed the fat part of the hand. But it looks like oh, yeah. I'm grabbing the glove, but I'm not. I'm just grabbing the fat part of the hand. And I get I use the wrist control that way. And after I fought Benson, I saw that he started using that on some of his opponents. It works. And some of the other guys that I use it against too. I see that they use it because it works. It's a lot of control. But uh, no, well, the best part about best part about it is when you have this, you don't have to use yeah. that. Thumb. No, you don't. It's like it's like yeah, starting so. an engine, like you're trying to yep. or a motorcycle, like you're just trying to turn it, control the wrist. Yeah, it works real That's well. Like, yeah. Um. No, it just uh. The the fence grab. Do you agree with the disqualification then? I would have just taken the point. See you. Oh, you would have taken, yeah, taken a point. So you would have taken a point, and then we'd have a no contest. Yeah. So you taking the point means nothing. Whatever. And no contest. <laughs> it's a no contest. I love it. What well, at one point it's oh my god you got to take the point because. You know, this and that. And now you're going to take a point knowing that it's going to have Wait, no effect. Why would it be a no contest? Because no oh, he didn't want to continue? Because he says he can't yeah. continue. The doctor says, well, you know what? We're gonna, well, we're I wouldn't assess fight. the point then if he could. Like, I, You wouldn't assess the point. Okay. You would see if he can continue. If he can't continue, then it'd just be a no contest. I wouldn't have to worry about assessing okay. the point. So you would not have, you would not have disqualified? No, not, no. I, for me, though, <clears throat> I agree with you. Is If you hit him once in the back of the head, the second time you hit him again, I stop yeah. the action. I stand you up, but I take the point because after you take after you Too hit much. him one time, and I say, "Watch the back of the head," and you hit him again, I have no choice. I gave you the warning. That's yes, you do have a choice. I just gave you your choice. What? No, I don't. Don't you understand? Look at everything is level. Fine, I cho right? I chose to take the point. So <laughs> hold on, I want you to think about that. You're right, it is, but you're going that next level because. <laughs> You have the opportunity to just warn. Mm -hmm. Don't hit the back of the head, right? You have the opportunity to stop the action, pull him out of the position. You have the opportunity to take a point. That's also taking him out mm -hmm. of the position. Okay? So there's you're the, you're just jumping to the most severe thing you can do other than disqualify him at that moment. Yeah. And if you if you grab the fence, I'm going to do the same shit. I'm tired of it. <clears throat> I mean, get, look, I'm tired of these. Rule you're breakers. really jeopardizing that person's ability to continue fighting. Like, if I kick you, if I kick you when you're down, if I knee you while you're down, if I, if I, you know, I do these things, I hit you in the back of the head. It's having an effect because those fighters at those moments they believe they're in a safe position when they're not because you're illegally blowing, giving them, causing damage to them. That's going to hinder the fight whatsoever. <coughs> no matter what you think no matter what you no, think it doesn't it definitely does hinder the fight yeah and it can affect the fighter later on but 
this is where you got to figure out what can you do so you can make the fight go on, do something that affects them, and not be that we, guy that's I think altering in the, fight the sport so much. in the sport of MMA. We've got to stop pretending like the person who got damaged is the bad guy because we don't we don't favor them enough. We we got to start taking those points. And then you'll start seeing when people start losing their purses and half their purse, more of their purse or whatever it is because they're getting DQ'd or because, you know, they're getting points taken away and there was a fight they could have won, but they cheated. Then they'll stop doing it. It's it's a really shitty situation, but it's not as if we don't know the fucking rules. Don't grab the fence. It's like we don't know the rules. Don't hit wait, the back. Wait, how, don't hit the back of the get, head. How did you get all the way to now grabbing the no, fence I'm saying, but like, we had nothing to do with John, grabbing the fence? One of the number one rules... <laughs> this it started in in this sport was don't hit the back of the head, like that. Remember, it used to be the mohawk, and then they then they got rid of the mohawk thing, and they went down to the what just the spine down the spine, right? That's pretty much it. And it goes from the ear. It's all my glove makes contact with your ear. Am I correct? Yeah, it doesn't go from. It's not like a headphone. No. It's not like this. Yeah. Okay, I can actually hit behind here. It's the back of your yeah. head medically. And it's legal. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't and yeah. with this. He hit him directly with the forearm right to the yes, back of the head. The and he dropped head. all yeah. of his weight on it. I agree. <clears throat> and you, and agree. You, you yourself said he did way more than just one. I only saw the two. When they showed the replay. It was just the two, I think. Well, you're just watching replays <clears throat> because you watched the fight. He hit him quite a few Yeah, I, but I, I don't know if it was the way that the camera angle was. You can see him hitting, but I didn't see that it hit clean. Yeah. Uh, in terms of right on the back of that, <clears throat> but in the replay they showed just the two. He, I mean, bottom line is if it, if you hit him, on him, if you hit him once in the it's back of the him. head, if I'm the ref, if you hit him in the back of the head, watch the back of the head. Don't hit him again. Boom, he hits him again. Stand him up. Take the point. I gave you your warning. That means shy away from it. It's no different than like you throw the inside leg kick, and it grazes the cup, and the guy looks and like points at his cup, and you go, "Hey, watch the cup." And then one kick later, you fucking kick him right in the nuts. Now, that can be a little bit different because the guy can dip down into it and all of those things. There's this, all kinds of movements This guy was involved. face down. Yes. I'm, I didn't say he you was. Know, so this was a, this is like a very vulnerable position. That's one. Two is, I mean, he did it multiple times. But then this was a forearm all the way across, and I'm on top, and I'm putting my weight down on you. After I gave you the warning, I'm taking the point and standing you up. Yeah, but you're, you're, you, it doesn't matter. The fight's over. Because Mark Smith too, took too long to, to take the, <laughs> to stand him up and take the point. It's no different than like when I, and I said this, I complained about this when Herb Dean, when I fought Tony. Not like it would have made a difference in the fight. The bottom line is he grabbed the fence five or six times in, in like one sweep transition. How many times do mm -hmm. you want to give this guy a warning? You know, and I had the same problem with Herb Dean when I fought Clay Guida. Clay was sticking his fingers in my cut and pulling my cut open. And Herb warned him at least, at least six or seven times. Never took a point. I'm like, well, how many times? Like he was literally putting his fingers in and pulling my cut open. Putting his fingers in, pulling my cut open. And I just, and I was like, and he just kept, stop putting your fingers in the cut. Stop putting, stop, stop pulling the cut. And I was just like, ah, never, never once took a point. In all the fights that I've had with Herb, and I like Herb as a ref. I think he does a fantastic job. Just he sucks when he roughs me. <laughs> I swear, uh, but he just he he warned he like with with Tony Ferguson he slapped his hand off the cage when he had already warned him two or three times. Yeah, you know you gotta assess the point. Like I said, it's not like it would have made a difference in the fight, but still, it's annoying. 
as a fighter that's down there, you're already kind of depleted. You're like this. You feel like, man, even the fucking ref hates me. <laughs> it's, it's a shitty situation to be in. And everything seems like it's going the opposite way. I think that there, there just needs to be, we got to stop pretending or treating the ones that are being uh, illegal, you know, having this illegal activity against them. Like we tend to bag on them. Oh, he could have kept fighting. Oh, they could have done this. Or, you know, I, all these things when it's not it's they're the ones following the rules and we're not assessing the penalties to these people that are cheating we're going ahead we're allowing these people to keep cheating until they get warned multiple times why would i stop we, we bob cook and i talked about this a lot at aka we're like no just fucking keep doing it until the ref tells you i'm gonna take a point and then you stop push the boundaries do it well, some i guys do some guys a lot of guys do you know <clears throat> All right. Any other fights on here you want to talk about? Ah, uh, I think I'm good. All right. All right. I did. Want That's going to wrap up our UFC talk, man. We talked a long time on that. Jeez. We did. All right. Go to OnlyFans.com. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne and subscribe to us over there. We want to thank you guys for continuing to support us on that platform. We got about 500 subscribers over there. It is free. You guys, we're not charging anything. Uh, I'm going to post up a bunch of pictures from us from, uh, from Ireland. I'm going to drop all those probably by tomorrow. So go ahead and check it out on over there. Like I said, it's free. Check out some of the video footage that I got. We got some good stuff. Got some good pictures. Had a nice dinner. Had some, you know, some birthday stuff going on for me. So I'm going to post all those up as well. And we had a good time, man. So if you want to take a look at our Irish experience and the fans and the crowd and the arena and the songs and all that, I'm going to drop all that, all that content onto our platform over there at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne and subscribe to us over there. Thanks. Let's go ahead and get into Bellator. Bellator 299. We are one away from 300. One away. Next no, one. No, 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 no. We are on 400. Oh, yes. This is show 400. We made it. We made Cut it. Doom. We Look made it. We made it. Very important. Very. This is just epic. <laughs> I mean, like 400. 400 it's amazing. I thought you'd be done with me after can't 200. I can't believe I've talked to you this I much. Know. <laughs> so nice. I mean, I just spent a bunch of time with you, like what? Four days, four days over in another yeah. country. Know. And now here we are dropping a two hour show. Got to get away from <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and talk. Let's go. Johnny Eblen versus Fabian Edwards. Ah, we had the champion and Johnny Eblen taking on. Leon Edwards, younger brother, Fabian, who is just the bigger brother at 185 pounds. But Fabian Edwards, just like Leon, very fast, very athletic, a good striker going up against Eblen. <clears throat> we kind of looked at this as Eblen using pressure and stuff, but Fabian Edwards started this fight off saying, I'm, I'm going to control the center of the cage. He walked right after him, went out there, tried to keep it at the length that he you know, was comfortable with and could expose uh, Eblin with that 79 and a half inch reach that Fabian Edwards has. It was a close first round. I thought overall Fabian didn't throw enough volume. He just, he waited, he waited, he waited. Edwin was at least throwing some, landing a little. By the end of the round, probably Eblin landed maybe two more shots, you know, overall, but he threw more. Uh, it was a feeling out. Both guys had talked a lot. There was a there was some heat going on between them, things like that. But uh, I had the first round going to Eblin. I know that the judges were kind of all over the place with it. One had Eblin. Um, no, I. 
One had Eblen in the first round, and two had Fabian Edwards, I believe. Mm. So uh, they, I think they were yeah. on the same page. I had a one-one going in the third, and I think I had uh, I think I had Fabian win in the first. <clears throat> okay, and Johnny win in the second. Yeah, no doubt he won the second. It. Yeah, what, if it, if it doesn't end up being an actual uh, decision, they don't put it on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, coming into the second, I thought Johnny Evelyn was starting to do what he was supposed to do. He put more pressure on him. Fabian, by the end of it, looked to me like he was getting a little tired. Now Johnny was pushing too. Evelyn was uh he was he was working hard, but by the end of that round, I was looking and saying, Evelyn is starting to take over. Edwards is having more problems in controlling exactly where the engagements were <laughs> happening, where the where his positioning in the cage was at. It was not as good. He wasn't able to control it as much, and he was working harder. So he got put down on his butt uh, from a shot, you know, came right back up. But overall, that was Johnny Eblen's round. And then he did land in that second round. Fabian Ad Edwards landed. Not a hard elbow, a slicing elbow, one that just grazed that, you know, eyebrow area, but it opened Johnny up with a big cut. And uh, I, I'm not too sure Johnny Evelyn understood how bad the cut was when he walked back to his corner. Oh no, he didn't understand at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, <clears throat> yeah, in the first round, um, what I saw was two fighters that had let all the trash talking kind of get to them, and. Fabian taking the center and Johnny going, all right, well, he's taking the center. I don't want to take anything and get caught real quick. Let me get the filling out process. Let me see how fast he is. Let me see how hard he hits. Let me see how hard his kicks are. And then towards the end of the first round, he tried to shoot a double, didn't get it, kind of, you know, try to get it going, just wasn't able to get it. What you have to remember is that <clears throat> Leon Edwards fighting Kamaru Usman has developed this new way. Not new way. It's not definitely not a new way. But just yeah. learning how to control two hands on one. The wrist control two on one, plus learning the position of how you put your back against the fence or how you take the wrist away from you and then you're able to kind of spin inside their guard and then maybe make space or get into double unders. Utilize those positions with that wrist control. And Fabian did a great job in that first round and in the second round <clears throat> of making sure that he didn't settle on bottom. So when his hips hit the ground, he was able to pop back up and he kept that wrist control. He got all the way back to his feet. And then he made Johnny pay a little bit with some of the, you know, the knees in there. And then that elbow on the break. And that was one of my key points when I was <clears throat> doing the, when I was doing my highlight package for, for Bellator right before they walked out was that Fabian could never settle down on his hips. If he got taken down, he had to make sure he popped right back up. That was one. Two was, <clears throat> was anytime that he was able to get back up to his feet and they were in the clinch, he had to make him pay for not getting the takedown. And that's exactly yeah. what he did. It was the elbow was off the break. He caught him on, on, on the break and Johnny backed out with his hands down and just got clipped right there on the on the brow. And that <clears throat> he didn't realize how bad it was. They made the break and then you could hear Dustin Poirier after I was talking to him and also there's a video out of it too. And he goes, he's like, yeah, you, keep your movement. You're doing good. Oh, it's not that bad. It's not bad. He comes over to the court. He's like, oh, that's that's bad. That's bad. That's, oh, that's bad. And oh, 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 that's bad. That's yeah. bad. He, and, and it's so funny because Johnny didn't know how bad it was until he got back to the locker room. Yeah. And uh, he, hadn't, he didn't really look at it. And it was just hilarious because he looked at himself. They have video of him looking at himself in the mirror. He's like, holy shit. 
And there was another guy. Remember, there was a couple guys. There was Marvin Eastman who had the big that was filleted open. That was more yeah. on the forehead, though. It was like there that across the forehead, straight from <clears throat> from the front of the eye, straight up. Yep. So that Marvin Eastman's was probably one of the worst I've ever seen. Then remember yeah. who was the guy that just recently? His name was RoboCop. Um, something Rodriguez. Oh, Greg Rodriguez. Greg, Greg, Greg that Rodriguez. Was that right? was a good one straight across. Eyebrow to eyebrow. Eyebrow to eyebrow. And remember, you could see the little vein that was like a little, it looked like a little rope yep. that you could see. Yeah. That had the same thing with Johnny. Same thing with Johnny. So when they filleted yeah. open Johnny's, when you could see it, they were actually pulling yeah, it open. So vein. you could see when they cleaned it all out, you could see the vein come across the eye like that. Nasty. But Johnny's, though, it went from his eye brow all the way into the eye. It went from the eyebrow, but it went all the way and a little portion of it went across the bridge of his nose. So his cut actually goes almost almost towards the other side of the nose. It's like right on that verge of starting to maybe break the threshold to go towards the other eye. On the other side of the <clears throat> other side of the nose and on towards the other eye. Just nasty. Nasty. So I want to see I'm it was a good interested one. to see what he looks like once once he's all stitched up and stuff. You're not gonna even be able to see it. <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. It's amazing. okay, it's amazing when you think because <clears throat> you, you named off Greg, Gregor Rodriguez, Marvin Eastman. You can go with Kane Musa, who had oh, a yes. huge cut. I believe fighting David Guyon is the one uh, yep. who did it to him. In, uh, that was in uh, Phoenix. But whatever, I mean, you take a look at all of those cuts. The big ones, for whatever reason, because they suture the inside also. Mm-hmm. Man, they just they just do a great job. You can hardly see them. You can hardly see them, but they end up leaving more of the scar tissue because they suture on the inside. Oh, yeah, it will leave scar tissue. There's no doubt about it. But Johnny's you might see based upon its, you know, the hair of his eyebrow mm-hmm. might be uh, affected. You might see that line, but. We're going to yeah, we're, look, we're have to change his nickname great. to Johnny Stitches. <laughs> <laughs> Came out in that third round, though, a man possessed and, you know, went after him and he got the win. The, the you know, shot that put him down, it was a good shot. Puts him down. He, you see Edwards trying to defend, but it was the elbow, a left elbow right to the temple. Mm-hmm. And you see that it freezes Fabian. He gets hit by that elbow. It freezes him. And he gets hit by a shot. He's still kind of there. And then hits by a second elbow. And it was he was out. So what I saw, though, was Johnny feeling a little, a little bit of the nerves in the first round. The trash talk, the chirp, all that. Second round started loosening up. That was the big part. <clears throat> started loosening up a little he bit. He wanted to hurt somebody. Yeah. But that being said, though, John, he fought real, a little bit more tense, a little bit more tight. He's normally a lot more relaxed out there. And I felt like he got a little bit of an adrenaline dump. And you you were looking at Fabian. I wasn't close enough. You were sitting right at their cage side. And I was probably about 15, 20 feet back <clears throat> when I was watching from the desk. But my thoughts were, I thought Fabian looked fresh. I thought he looked good. He was calm, relaxed. But I do agree that maybe... <clears throat> That that high intense wrestling though in that second round when there was a lot of big scramble right before the round ended that kind of maybe sent him back to the corner because you don't realize how tired you are until you yeah. sit down you're like oh man whew, I'm exhausted because he came out a little flat in the second or sorry in the third in the third but yeah. in the <clears throat> in the first and the second with Johnny he just looked a little slower than normal he looked a little like flat footed. He didn't look as like have as much. Everything he was throwing was just missing with Fabian, just by enough. That's a great job by Fabian because he was good at judging the distance. So Johnny throw the kick and it was like just miss. Johnny throw the punches, it was just outside of the range. He did a great job. Fabian did of that. 
But what I noticed is between rounds one and two, Johnny looked like he was breathing heavy. He was hunched over a little bit, kind of in the corner, you know, getting his breath. They were talking to him. He looked a little like, I don't want to say depleted. He just didn't look as, as bright, you know, as, as what's the word? Bry? Is it bry? <clears throat> spry. spry. There you go. He didn't look as spry as he normally does in the corners, talking to his corners, having a good time, just relaxed. And I got concerned because I go, he's having that adrenaline dump right now. And it's happened to not just me. I've seen some of my teammates and cornering them. It's happened to them also. Sure. But look at look how he looked between rounds two and three. He's standing up. He's bouncing up and down. He's giving a little bit of a pace back and forth for a second. He, it was almost the second wind, almost like the lactic acid got taken out of his muscles. He felt a little bit more relaxed. And I've, I've had that experience as well. You're like, okay, between rounds, you're like, fuck, you walk back, you're like, man. And as you get there and you get your water, you get your mouthpiece talking, not taken out, that <clears throat> something happens to your body. You jump up, you're like, couple big deep breaths and you feel good and he came out in that third round like somebody just looked like he got his a full-blown second win and ready to fight okay i broke a sweat i'm ready to go i'm okay i got a little grimy in that second round with the wrestling got cut i see the blood all right let's get this shit over let's go let's go and that was sometimes getting hit with a big shot or getting cut wakes you the hell up like oh i better yeah. get my shit together i'm trying to fight a fight that i, I don't fight this way and Johnny doesn't normally fight the way he fought Fabian Edwards. He doesn't normally stay on the outside. He normally gets right in your grill, pushes the pace, and just tries to just bulldoze over you. And he did that to Tokov. He did it to Gegard. He, something about Fabian was making him fight a little bit different. And when he stopped fighting different is when he took over the fight. Yep. When he went back to his old ways. You're right. <clears throat> yep. All right, next fight. Big win. Aaron Pico took on Pedro Carvalho. You know, we looked at this and it was, yeah, I, I was just being honest when I thought I didn't see a lot of roots for victory for Pedro in this fight. He's facing a, a superior athlete, a guy that's just faster, stronger, I think, uh, just better technician when it comes to wrestling and striking. Uh, maybe not the jujitsu game, but Aaron Pico went out there and just, he performs. And, and it's the one thing if you're going to talk about a fighter, um, Name me the Aaron Pico fight that he didn't go out there and really perform. He performs. Mm -hmm. He goes out and he, he goes after his opponent. He throws big, heavy shots. He's freaking violent with his wrestling. He's getting big double-leg takedowns. You know, There's amplitude to his takedowns. He just is an impressive fighter. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> he does everything very well. Um, he's getting better on the ground. I saw he utilized some of his kicks this fight. Couple little kicks then uh, there. I mean, he's just becoming more of a well-rounded fighter, and I think a lot of it is he's um, he's at that age. You know, it was, his, it was his birthday. Confidence. Yeah, the confidence is key. But it's it was his birthday. He's maturing as a as a young man. He's got a baby. Yep. He's got a son. <clears throat> you know, he understands what's important to him. He's always understood what's important to him in terms of his uh, wrestling. You know, his drilling. He's on a routine. He knows those things, but. You'd be surprised how fast having kids makes you know, how fast it matures you. And so he's, <clears throat> I think he's in that stage right now where he's, he understands what the focus is and the focus is to try to continue to be the world champ. There was, I agree with you that Pedro Cavallo is, he's just not, he's just not the superior athlete. So he would have had to have made it a very grimy, dirty fight for him to get yep. the win. <clears throat> he would have had to try to catch Aaron Pico with a, 
with a punch from a from a weird angle or out of a scramble or Elbow out of a break. Yeah, or out of a scramble or a break or you know, and he had to have set it up inside leg kick, come back with the right hand with a knee up to the chin, something along those something just different. Maybe a, a back elbow or an up elbow or whatever it is. You would have had to have hit Aaron Pico with something different to get that win. And um, <clears throat> what I've noticed from Aaron, though, is that I think he's finally understanding how good he changed his boxing together with his wrestling. But then on top of it, on how effective his ground and pound is. He's good. Like his ground and pound, oh, he's yeah. fine. He's finding his stride his with ground his ground and pound. ground and pound is nasty. Yep. Those little inside elbows were nice. And then, then when he finally landed a clean one, he made posture up and then threw the heavier one over the top. Just nicely done. Nicely done. <clears throat> his boxing's on point. I want to see him utilize you know, kicks a little bit more because that'll help set up his hands a little bit more. But I mean, right now, I'm splitting hairs, man. It's not much I can say. He's getting so much, he's getting so much better every time we see him. Every single time. So <clears throat> I'd like to see him run it back with Jeremy Kennedy before a title shot. But um, it's like either one. I mean, either Jeremy Kennedy or Adam or, Borch. Yeah, either one. I would agree. Either one. <clears throat> we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see that. Yeah. All right, next fight. Nope, Sarah Collins against uh, Sinead Kavanaugh. <laughs> Just horrible. Just not going to talk about it. Just not a good fight. Sarah Collins decided to be a stand-up fighter against a stand-up fighter, which she did get the win. She deserved it, I thought. Sinead just did not throw and was just a bad fight in the middle of a good card. So I'm just going to put it that way. Mads Burnell. You want to say something about it? Go ahead. Nope. Mads Burnell. Okay. Mads, Mads Burnell. Burnell took on Daniel Weichel. <clears throat> and uh, that was a hell of a fight. Mads Burnell looked fantastic in that thing. He performed just beautifully. Uh, Weichel trying to go to the ground at times. You see, he figured out right away. You know, you got to take down on Mads. Mads reversed the position beautifully. You saw the, you know, deep path, got the elevator sweep, just moved him right over um, and dominated everywhere. When you looked at positioning-wise, Weichel couldn't get him off. In the stand-up, Weichel, you know, got to the point, I'm going to give it up for Daniel Weichel. He has been a phenomenal professional fighter for 21 years. And when we say fought the who's who, this is a guy that fought 100... He's a 145-pound fighter. He fought 170-pound guys like Paul Daly, mm. okay? I mean, the dude has fought some incredible fighters throughout his career. But at 145 pounds, he's figuring out that, you know what, the speed is not quite the same because Mads is not a real fast mm. featherweight, and he was still faster mm -hmm. than Daniel Weichel in this fight. Yeah, it, Mads was able to just walk through the punches that Weichel threw. They weren't able to keep Mads Brunel off. Mads was able to just dictate everything that he wanted to in the fight to the point where Vaisha was, you know, this is where you know, when you're doing spinning attacks without a setup, it's telling you he's he's, he's throwing everything he has at him because he, he can't figure out what to do to stop it. Yeah. I mean, what, what I saw was someone who decided to call it a career at the right moment. <clears throat> I can sit and talk with him. He has a great, he's great for conversation. He speaks yep. really well. Um, he speaks multiple languages. Um, uh, he takes care of his, his body, like from, <clears throat> from top to bottom. He's, he's always in shape, his flexibility, his techniques, all these things. You can tell that he works with his nutritionist on, on a daily basis. Like he is someone that is a, <clears throat> he's just a professional. He's a true professional through and through. 
the way he talks to the media, the way he carries himself, the way he is with fans, all of those things. But dealing with um, fighters that are younger and they're faster and guys like Mads Brunel, they understand that these fighters at this age at 38 years old, if you get in their face and you push on them and you, and you can avoid taking big shots from someone like Daniel Weichel, there's a good chance that they're going to start to get tired in that second, third round. At 38 years old, it doesn't matter how, how good of shape you're in. It's just hard yeah. to keep a fight pace. It's hard to hard to keep them off of you. It's hard to fight at that real at a real fight pace of a young fighter like a Maz Brunel. Just comes in, walks forward, slips, makes you miss a little bit, and just touches you and touches you a little bit like that. And that and it is touch. He's very very Nate Nick Diaz like he doesn't exactly. throw real hard all the time. No. <clears throat> and then when he does yeah. decide, he it's because he he knows oh, yeah, he he'll hit you with a good shot. Yeah. So. Uh, good, good game plan by Maz Brunel, um, Daniel Weichel. Congratulations on an amazing career, and um, yep. you know I, I got to tip my hat to you, man, because that's one of those things. It's a hard decision to make, and um, and you did it. You did it the right time, the right time. So good for him. Good luck in your next chapter, my friend. Next fight. Yeah, absolutely. Levan <laughs> Chokali against Paho Masi, man. We we were looking forward to this fight. We thought it was going to be a very good fight. Uh, Homasi very explosive and everything. Chokley threw a front kick that just absolutely froze Homasi. He goes falling down and he got hit with one shot. That one shot was one shot too many. It made uh, Homasi actually seize. You could see he was posturing mm -hmm. in the cage. And uh, posturing means that you see his hands starting to do things, his toes curling. And, uh, I hated seeing it because uh, I love the guy as a fighter. He's a good guy. and uh, But it was a great win for Levon Chokley. That's the third ATT guy in a row that he has gotten a win against. He is becoming the ATT hunter, if you want to say. I don't want to say killer, but he's hunting him down and he's getting his wins. And he's looking better and better, obviously, with every win. You, you know, that one didn't last long. That's that's a KO of the year candidate right there. Yeah, what was weird about him, it didn't look like it hit his chin. It looked like it actually hit him straight upward into his nose, almost like shoving it his drove nose. Drove down just like that. Yeah. yeah, no, it didn't knock him back. Mm -mm. It shoved his neck back. And every time I've seen someone get hit where they get hit either on the chin and it actually drives their head down mm -hmm. and back, they go out. It was it was very strange because I mean he started gushing blood right from the get as soon as he hit boom it started pouring oh, yeah. out blood and like I said it looked like it hit like like someone took a palm upward up into his nose like he took the ball of his foot hit him right up into the nose and straight back yeah. and like his head didn't go back but his body his face like you said his his face and neck kind of went straight back it was really yep. weird and then he followed up and then I think that follow up though he ended up breaking his orbital. So he's got to stay. He's, yeah. a, he's actually going to have to stay over in Ireland for the next two weeks. So he can't fly until they can do the surgery on him. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, he's, um, that sucks. I mean, because Sabah, he came out. He, I think he, he, after talking with him this week, he understood what was at stake. He understood, like, hey, I've got to use my, I've got to use all my tools, wrestle a little bit, you know, use the boxing, use the kickboxing. And, um, Never got a chance. yeah, he just didn't have time. Like, the fight didn't even get a chance to develop. I mean, but he, he had landed a couple good shots on Chokley early. But, sure. um, yeah, just threaded the needle right through the middle, snapped the nose, jumped on top, followed up. But it, was, it wasn't it was just the knockout itself. It was the 
the 15 minutes after that everyone like a lot of people in the arena were in shock because they could see imposture. I mean, we had people that were working cage side and they actually had to go outside to get, to get like a fresh uh, breath of fresh air. Cause they hadn't seen somebody go through that. You know I mean? He was out, out. I mean, he was out for a good, probably two minutes. Then he was out for a good. And then when minutes. he rolled over, like he rolled over, he couldn't it even, wasn't he much still better. couldn't roll over. It was. And well, part of it is when, the, and you brought it up, the broken orbital, many times that'll give you vertigo mm. because as the orbital breaks, the muscle actually catches it and starts to pull your eye and you get vertigo. Randy Couture, when uh, Rico Rodriguez uh, beat him with elbows, mm. broke his orbital, that same little muscle, he had vertigo mm. and problems, you know, with his uh, balance and everything. Yeah. So that's what happened with Sabah, but... <sighs> Ah, big win for Chokley and uh, just get better. Uh, Sabah, uh, enjoy your vacation, I guess, if you can. <laughs> I've there for a little bit, man. But, uh, we had Peter Quilly against Daniele Michelli. Did not go at 20, 26 seconds total. It was a kick as uh, Peter Quilly's got bad luck. He would kick when he was down and it, it sliced the cornea of his eye. And uh, that was the end of the fight. It was illegal at the time because he was a down fighter. They said, I still have not been able to see that tape the way I would like to, to be able to see exactly his body positioning. He was down. I know he was on the ways up. Uh, he was, was that... down. <laughs> oh, no, he was down. Yeah. But I kept on trying to tell people, no, look, it's not his hands because they were talking about his no, hands. He was on his, almost on his butt. I, go, I, I said he was on his, on his leg, uh -huh. actually, folded over, starting to come uh -huh. up off of, the, off of his shin. I said, but I I want to see it again, you know, in a way that I can really look at it. But he was down. They gave it as a no contest because I I don't think he meant to. Uh, see, there you go again. This was Mister. Threw you the know. kick. The guy was down. What the fuck? Yeah, is illegal. <laughs> DQ. So, so, so you'd have DQ'd yeah, him. I would have. So we know where Josh Thompson yes. is going to be as he takes over Texas. Yes. You know. <laughs> yeah, break the rules. You lose the fight. I'm sorry, buddy. I, I mean. John, one of the rule, one of the one of the fucking first rules, you cannot kick the down opponent to the fucking head. Like I don't care. Like, he kicked him in he the. Kick him, he, he didn't kick him into the head. The eye. Sorry, that's he part of the head, eye. though, right? <laughs> Jeez, John. John just just do whatever just you can to fucking argue with me tonight. I'm telling you, man. I just want to have fun. <laughs> it's. I just. I yeah, look. I'm being Dave. Yeah, the fans got robbed. The fans got robbed of a potential good fight, and. uh yeah. You know, and I, I get I get sometimes but, the emotion get the better of you, but he was down. Yeah, he was down. Yeah. He was. So JJ Wilson against Mansur Barnaweed. That was a phenomenal fight. Just, what a performance by a young man in JJ Wilson because he lost that first round. There was not a doubt about it. He lost the first round. He came back and beat a very good fighter for two rounds. And was trying to put him away and almost had him with that arm bar. That was a beautiful arm bar. It was nasty. It was hyperextending. Barnaby, he's a savage. He won't quit. It was very, uh, not quite as bad as Tony Ferguson's versus Charles uh, Oliveira, but it was the same, same thing. And uh, he put up with it, got to the decision, but he lost the yeah. decision to JJ. And that's a big win. And it, it, that one right there shows a lot of, you know, JJ moving over to ATT, being able to have better uh, training partners and things like that, you can see it's making a difference for him, and he performed yeah. really well. Congratulations on, I told him, the best performance of your career, and it was. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought he looked good. Um, he looked like he put a little bit of muscle on too. A little bit. You know, so he's looking a little thicker Fill, in the shoulders. Filling into that one fifty because he was trying to, you know, he was at the one forty five and he wanted to be there and he missed weight multiple yeah, times. So he never really was at one forty five. No, no, he never was. He was a hundred fifty five pound fighter the whole yeah. time. So, uh, and I expected, you know, what I expected more of, though, was Monster Bonoui with, with Brent Primus. He threw a lot more elbows. But in this fight, yeah. he when he got into the clinch, he wasn't throwing elbows. He was trying to throw the knees. He did both with Brent Primus. But the elbows is what really had the, the most effect in that fight with Brent Primus. I expected him to do that more because when he got to the clinch in that first round, the elbows were there against JJ. JJ didn't, he was trying to, like, kind of fight for the position with the head position, too. The hands and the head control. And Barnaby was in, he was just controlling the better position. He just didn't let the elbows go. So I'm going to go back and watch that fight. Um, but it was an extremely good fight on the ground. Both of them had some great escapes, some great submission attacks, um, some great reversals. I mean, the one that Barnaby had against the fence where he was mounted and then he used yeah. the fence to kick off and then turn him right back into yeah. guard. And I was like, oh, walk the fence. It, yeah, but it was just the job. timing of it all was perfect. It yep. was, I was standing right there. I was like, holy shit, that was nice. But uh, it was definitely, I think, one of my more favorite fights of the night um, based on, you know, on just the the scrambles, the two ferrets getting after it, man. Two ferrets. Yep. All right, next fight. Uh, we had Gregory Babine against Charlie Ward. Babine being a guy that, you know, a lot of people don't know who he is. I'm telling you, the dude is a submission. He is a submission machine. He goes after people. He's older. He's 39. And a lot of people have not, I started watching tape on him and I was like, God damn, he's good on the ground. I mean, and he, he's relentless in chaining his attacks mm -hmm. together. He did that to Charlie Ward. Charlie ended up finally getting caught by the guillotine choke after, but being it put him down with his, as they stood there throwing haymakers, the left hook put uh, Charlie on his butt. It was all over at that point with uh, being locking in the guillotine choke. Nice win. And his father had recently passed, so that was a, that was, that that was, was a good. Nice thing. Uh, Kieran Clark and um, Gorney, I have a question for this on this fight because yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> there was a legal up kick that caught Kieran Clark and uh, rocked him, sat him back. Illegal? It, no, there was there was one that was legal in the first. There was also an illegal one. John, I was getting to it. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're killing me right now. So, so there was a legal. You're, you're just you're, you're in the argumentative mode right now. I think it's the travel because I, I, I can't be. even get to the part I'm trying to get to to say it's the illegal part. <laughs> there was the one legal one that dropped him, so he was already kind of hurt. Then the second one was he got he was on his knees and got kicked, and that one looked like completely knocked like it knocked him out. Oh, it did. He was it one, arm, one right arm goes a little limp, like burnt. straight out, and he Gone. went face down yep. to the canvas, and he's kind of like doing this. In this situation, why yeah. would the ref let him keep going? I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't know. Okay. Thank you. I, I know he went on to win the fight. Yes, he but, did. But I would, I would not have done okay. that. The way that he went down, I look at, I, I can see that you were absolutely no doubt hurt you're not faking because you're acting like someone that's been concussed mm -hmm. i'm not going to put you back in the fight i'm going to disqualify that guy for that shot and make you oh now you're just mr dq hand him out huh i'm now <laughs> i'm mr dq like you that's it that's it man. no i wouldn't i and i don't put you back in that fight based upon the fact i do think that you just got concussed and i'm not going to put you mm -hmm. in a position to, to receive more damage 
I said it on the broadcast. Hey, it's only going to take a small shot to put him out. Yeah. And luckily he for him, he didn't get hit by it. He was able to get, you know, the choke. Good thing. But, yeah, I would not have allowed that fight to continue on as the referee. I would have ended that fight and made uh, Kieran Clark the winner based upon a DQ because Gorney, you know, he, he actually had two kicks that were illegal and that the last one was bad. Mm. It was bad. And because and I asked the, uh, the, uh, the commish that we bring, um, Missouli, sorry. I asked Missouli, I'm like, why did you let this guy keep going? He's like, uh, it was it was a legal kick, and I was like, no, no, the one that wasn't legal, the one we let him go on. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'll have to take a look at it. I'm like, well, it, right in the live situation, like, well, it's it's a little late now. Yeah. <clears throat> this guy shouldn't be allowed to um, continue. Now, and that's you know, and that's a hard thing. That's yeah, again, it's the same as what you're saying, and this is when you're sitting there saying, I, I would DQ people, I would DQ people, I would DQ people, I would take points, I would take points. You can't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way because there's limitations of the people you're working with and there's expectations of them and they can't, they're not going to, they're not going to put you in a position to be the person that's starting to create a difference between everybody. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, this is a safety factor in the fact that you can visually point out, look at him get hit look at his face, look at where his arm goes. He's unable to control his body. I can't put him back in the fight. And I'm not going to say that that was unintentional. It was an intentional kick. He did it on purpose. He is DQ'd from the yeah. fight. <clears throat> so. um, you know, Poklet is very good. He had a great win over Feraldo with the Bravo choke. Man. Very nicely done. Tell you. And then uh, Hassan Magomed Sharapov is the beat's brother. Uh, I thought he looked yep. really good. I felt like he was a little hesitant in the beginning with Nijelski because in the of the power. beginning of the fight, a little bit slow. Because, well, because yeah. of the power of Nijelski, though. you got to be very careful yeah. with him. The guy's just built like a brick shithouse. And you could tell that he was having a hard time with, you know, even in the takedowns, just well, the control. you got to figure, this was a... Uh, was this a catch weight on this one, or was it a featherweight? It was a catch weight at 48. Hassan, but normally Hassan has been fighting at 35. 35. Yeah. yeah this was well, I think his, he's becoming, a, a, step I think he's up and becoming went, a man, though. He's 22 now. <laughs> well, absolutely. It, but it's, this is a step up, and it went even above yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but he was, he was, he's good, man. Hassan's very good. Magomed Sheriff. Yeah. He's really good. Reminds me a lot of his brother, but he just has that style. It just gives people a hard time. Uh, go ahead and scroll down here, Dave, for us. Uh, any other fights on here you want to talk about? <clears throat> you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up two real quick. You had the Dark Kelly fight that you just went past. Mm-hmm. But Dara Kelly in that, you know, how many times does someone, Josh, it's when you keep doing the same thing. What what do they call insanity? Yeah. You know, doing the same thing and expecting a different result, right? It's like Dara Kelly has got a good ground game. He likes to pull people. When he gets the back, he pulls and he sets them on top and has his back to the canvas. And we kept saying, hey, he this his opponent Zegers is just you know he's defending and Kelly can't get rid of him. and it was like why do you not belly him down belly him down yeah. and put pressure on him there throw shots make him have to react to the shots then look for your submission if you want but 
it's not all about just, you know, that hand fighting. You're the one creating your own problems. Mm-hmm. And when he finally, all of a sudden, bellies him down and throws some shots, look at what yeah. happens. <clears throat> he was fine. I hope, I hope he learned something off of yeah. it because it's, it's a win. You have a lot to learn off of what you are creating as a problem for yourself in the fight game when there's opportunities for you to get out of the cage with the win much sooner, much easier, much more effective. You got to be a smart fighter. Uh, I'm going to skip all the way down. There's two guys that I want to talk about and just give them some love is um, Josh O'Connor. There's young kid, man. He's phenomenal. Great fighter. Boy, he looked good. He looked fantastic. He made. I tell you what, his wrestling was way better. Yeah. Way better than I thought. He did a great job. Kenny, how do you say his last name? Mokohana. Mokohana. It's not Mokohana. Moko. Mokohana. Mokohana. That's how he said it. Okay. So, but Mokohana, yeah, he. He was good on the feet. He's not bad on the ground either, but just Josh O'Connor just had the answer for everything. Started utilizing the wrestling, got the takedowns, controlled the top position, just did some work. Great job on his end. And this Mark Ewing kid, man, he is good. Clean on the feet, slick, really relaxed on the feet, a good takedown defense, super athletic. Both those guys. And then Bill Ostini uh, for a big guy, man. Beautiful spinning kick to the face. If you guys get a chance to check that out, that was fucking. He's a big guy that can move. He's got speed. Yeah, it was very nice. He's fast. <clears throat> yeah, he was fast. He was fast with that spinning kick right to the chops. It's freaking <laughs> nasty. Uh, uh, well, that's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. I want to thank you guys so much for uh, following us and listening to us. And uh, David, do you want to throw anything in there? We went for a lot longer than we thought we were going to go. Uh, I'll just <clears throat> let me just throw in this one because I think it'll be interesting to get your take on it. One uh, SC signs a deal with um, Directv, um, and it's the kind of focus of the the um, reporting here is that it's Directv business, so they're you know looking forward to being broadcast in bars and mm-hmm. restaurants and things like that. Um, so what does that do for one? Does it does it do massive things? Does it do nothing? Is it is it just good to be able to say that? What do you guys think? Well, like, I guess, what channel is it? Like, if it's not, like, it's got to be on a channel that those bars have. Like, UFC business. I mean, like, or not UFC business, but uh, DirecTV business. Like, sure, you're saying bars, but those bars still have to purchase those channels. So what channel is it? But it's is You're not going to be on ESPN. You're not going to be on, like, what are you going to be on? <clears throat> and if, do people have to buy that package or is that there's already guarantee you're going to be on that whatever network? I mean, these are the direct TV. I think that I, I think there is a direct TV business channel as far as when I say business channel, it's for yeah. businesses mm-hmm. like bars, restaurants, things like that, where you have a gathering of people that come. There's a package that they have for businesses mm-hmm. and sports. Yeah. Okay. And I think this is them, one, signing a deal to have one part of that package. So that being said, now those networks, though, have to agree to have them on that channel. Right? Like, No, no. So DirecTV produces this and directs this, or they, they bring they, it? They don't, no, they, don't, they do not produce it, but they have their own platform. Their own channel. That they can take a sporting event and put it into that package that mm. the business itself can decide whether they're going to 
put that on the screens or put something else. Like if you're at Wild Wings, they'll put a bunch of them yeah. up on there. <clears throat> so I think it's a good look. I think it's a good thing for one. It's not going to make them more money. Mm-mm. It's not going to do anything money wise for them. It's going to. It's what it's going to do is put eyeballs on their product, and that's the real thing. So uh, I think they're looking at it as hey. The more eyeballs that see our product, the more that are going to like it, and that's a, that's a that's a good concept to go with. You know, it's uh, they they have a good product. They've got some really entertaining fights. You know, especially in the lighter weight classes, they've got some killers. You know, they just did the Rotong versus Superlek fight, which was man, I'll tell you, Superlek was all cut up in that damn fight and stuff. But whoo, but uh, you know. I, again, anything that is there to put eyeballs on your product, that's a good thing. And so, again, this is not going to make them any money. It's not doing anything that way. And they can sit there and talk about how big it is. I think it is big in the fact that it could be, you know, could be 10,000. It could be 100,000. It could be a million more eyeballs. Whichever it is, it's all good. Obviously, the more, the better. Yeah, I, I, I just, <clears throat> what we have to remember, remember they were on TNT for like four shows uh, during COVID. And then they were on Amazon Prime. All, yep. They were paying for those platforms. And so when I get, when we talk about the PFL and the potential of a PFL and Bellator buy, buyout, is that what you're doing, what, what PFL would be initially doing is solidifying themselves as the number two. And one right now is struggling in that, whether they, whether they have good fighters or not, and they have great action-packed fights, that right now you have PFL and one and all these other organizations, smaller ones also, all having to pay for their TV time on whether it's UFC Fight Pass or whether it's on ESPN right now. Like, PFL has to pay for their ESPN time. Um, one has to pay for their Amazon Prime, uh, their time on there. They're paying. That's money out on top of your production that you have to pay. Instead of money Instead in. of money in. And so these are things right now. I think what's what I like to point out is that the PFL buying, if it does, if it does end up going through and they buy Bellator, that will solidify them as the for sure number number two organization in the world. There's just there's no way around it. You've just merged two of the biggest promotions in the world. And now you have another three hundred fighters on your roster and potentially the the argument right now is even from a lot of the media we talk to that we're in the UK that Amosov and Johnny Eblen are the best two in the world at welterweight and at, at uh, middleweight. And so you can even arguably say, and I know some of the other guys as well, uh, in Patchy Mix and uh, Pettis. And if Patchy Mix wins it, there's going to be a lot of talk that Patchy Mix is the best given the media and their conversation and what they've seen in the gyms in the training amongst all the best 135 pounders in the world. And so that that would give PFL a lot of their top level competition they need to go to a network and say, hey, I now have a lot of the best fighters in the world and we can make something happen here. And then they won't have to pay for their time as much. We can actually really, they'll, really, they'll, actually, get they'll actually get money. They'll get money from the sponsors and all the other endorsement deals that the networks are able to do and sell. That's going to make them a true number two con- uh, contender. And so... With what one's doing right now, it's a, I think it's a step in the right direction. More eyeballs on them, the better. Um, but until they can start actually making money instead of spending money, they're going to have a hard time growing the brand. And that's hard. It's really hard, no matter what. And every brand is going through that right now. 
Uh, you know, and so I, I'm interested to see. Not every brand. No, no, not, uh, not every brand. They just they just recorded what six, seven, so what, first six months of their six hundred million. Six hundred million for their first six months, hundred million dollars a month. Yeah, that's insane. I thought insane. All right, well, hey, that's gonna wrap up our uh, our talk and conversation today from our Ireland trip, the uh, UFC at the Apex seventy nine and Bellator two ninety nine and Bellator three hundred is coming up next, but. Go to WayneInMerch.com, WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of our merch available. To, I know it's hailing where Dave is at, so you might want to get a hard hat like hoodie from us if we start making those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hoodies are available. Get ready for the winter and uh, check us out at WayneInMerch.com. Also go to OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. Subscribe to us over there for free. We'll be dropping some extra content this week from our Ireland trip. And uh, John, take us away, bud. For everyone out there, I hope you uh, put up with uh, our yawning and our uh, <laughs> maybe uh. bumbling of some words, but we tried to get this out to you as quick as we could from getting off of the plane. So we hope you had a great weekend. Have a great week coming up, and we will see you. 